This is Goyfire. Welcome to Goyfire 54, the U.S. presidential election in the news. Hillary became Ron Paul. The economy, Kenya, Chad, TNB, mass shootings in Chicago and Kirkwood, Missouri. Chris Newsom, Shannon Christian, update. Sylvia Stoltz sent to prison. Rio cadaver float barred. EU constitution rammed through Sarko, France. And finally, wrapping up the program, baby boom in Russia. So, Good news. returning to our top story tonight. Wrestling superstar Hulk Hogan is calling on his fellow Americans to vote for Democrat presidential candidate Barack Obama because he's the, quote, only choice Hogan is backing Obama because he's the one candidate he completely trusts ahead of the U.S. election later this year. He says, quote, if I had to step out to say who I really believe in and make sense and really can make a change, I'd say Obama. He seems like the real deal. He's the only choice. Several of the uh, Hollywood movie stars, including Robert De Niro, who has half-black children, at least one, have come out for Obama. And uh, Rocky did. What's his name? Sylvester Stallone. He's part Jewish, descended. Uh, It's, I guess, the thing to do now. And uh, really, the phalanx of them is pretty long and detailed. Caroline Kennedy did. She said in her speech that Her children, Caroline Kennedy Schlossberg, let me back up there, and uh, her Jewish children had convinced her that Obama was the man, so she gave them full credit in her speech. The ABC poll did something called the cult of Obama, and uh, as you said, Aegis, it reminded me of that, that it's really no more politics in the United States, it's all PR. You know, the Black Eyed Peas with Yes We Can, this was released on the night before on YouTube and within very short order it had 200,000 hits and there are literally 10 pages of that video. And these young kids are not taught to reason. A lot of people think that Obama will basically tax the United States to death the way Jimmy Carter did, get 20% interest rates the way he did, and pass out free government checks in uh, schools the way Jimmy Carter did. People may remember they actually started these uh, bullshit overnight schools and they'd get kids to sign up. Say, yeah, come and be this, come and be that, you know. <laughs> Just sign up to our new private school and the government will pay us for your tuition, 100%. So... And, and in fact, Obama's grandmother said she's waiting to be helped. And she wants him to help Kenya and especially her tribe and uh, <laughs> the whole world. So Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later. The Kenyans can't even get along. So this is just celebrity politics and, you know, the underlying belief that politicians can solve problems. I mean, they're... The, set of politicians, problems that politicians can solve is tiny. And that includes those solvable by intelligent white men who are certainly not the majority of the electorate anymore. It's just this it's celebrities talking about celebrities and idiots who, who think somehow reality is going to conform to TV if they just vote for whoever is more leftist or more multiracial. But yeah, like Craig said, all the bottom line of this stuff is you're just going to vote for higher taxes and the taxes are going to come from whites and they're going to go to the niggers and the bureaucrats. And if if American people paid any attention or learned anything from history, they would see where other nations have gone who have tapped into previously excluded or underrecognized black genius for politics. You know how they like to say, like, 
50% of our talent wasn't being used, you know, before feminism. But uh, there is no political talent among blacks. There's just appeal to blackness. And Obama's a member of a, a black church that has praised Farrakhan, which is actually not that bad if you think about it, but it's very it's a radical black nationalist church. Everything that if a white belonged to it, it would exclude them from the process. But of course, the only reason that Obama is even running is that he is part black. And anyone who's part black is all black, is, is the way it's always been in America. And that's the reason he's in there. Beyond that, he's just an ordinary leftist demagogue. He may be a little politer or less obnoxious than Hillary Clinton, a little more likable, but he's going to pursue the same policies. It's going to be government is the solution to everything, and uh, it just flat isn't. I mean, we have California essentially bankrupt now. They're, they're trying all kinds of desperate measures like shutting down state parks and liberalizing rules for the casinos to pray that the Indians can bail them out with, with additional tax revenue. And at some point, the low IQ of the colored masses and the immorality of the misled whites are going to come together to pretty much create what you see now. I mean, you, you already we already have it to a large degree. It's kind of a giant jumble of people who are unrelated to one another and have no connection except money and a pursuit of it. That's pretty much where we are. You can also bet that if Obama is elected or he's part of the Clinton team, they will try to push through one of these various anti-so-called hate bills that will, what's the one floating right now? I think it's uh, 1955. S.S. Yeah. 1959. 1959, yeah, and Barack's on the board. Barack's on the board, and what is this? Well, this is an, uh, yet another attempt to the First Amendment by essentially defining anybody who poses the federal government as a, a terrorist, and, and of course they're using the internet to radicalize people. Now, what they mainly talk about is radicalized Muslims, but we're number two on that list. We're radicalizing whites by talking about the way things used to be, by giving them an unauthorized version of history, and they want to for, prevent that. The, the left follows the policy that comes from Herbert Marcuse, which is no platform for the right. Marcuse was a communist theoretician of the middle decades of the uh, 20th century, and his his idea was no platform for the right, no space for the right. That is, any rightist expression, such as we're doing here now, ought to be shut down. It should never be given a public platform. It should never be given a private platform. It has absolutely no rights to express itself whatsoever. Extremely and, popular, Alex, he was, too, in the late 60s and early 70s with my generation. So yes, on the, college The great baby boomers, right. Yeah, it was almost, they, uh, in fact, required reading, I would say, in most places. Yeah, and they, they follow that on campuses today. That's why you never get any truly right-wing speaker. At most, you might get a neocon who's arguing for what is good for Israel, but you'll never get a truly right-wing person anywhere. And that's the theoretical basis of that doctrine. So eh, things just continue to get worse and worse. Yeah, I can't And the recall. causes of this are worsening are easily identifiable if you know what's going on. But uh, people are denied that knowledge and really don't seem that interested in seeking it out, judging by how they vote. Yeah, I can't recall ever uh, experiencing uh, an election which was more demoralizing, more farciful, uh, more absurd than this one. It's just all of the candidates are pretty much awful across the board except Ron Paul and he's been excluded almost exclusively from yeah well Everything. We should talk about that a little bit. You're you're exactly right. What I would say on that front is this is the first election I can ever recall where you had someone who truly, in more than sound bites, in fact, in extended intelligent analysis, explained the system, what's wrong with it, and which way to go. And that was Ron Paul. I've never seen that in my lifetime. The most I've ever seen was Ronald Reagan, who talked some good sound bites, but didn't have a deeper understanding than that. Ron Paul truly did have the understanding, but for a combination of, of reasons, his his taking the wrong tack is simply being excluded 
from the debate by the media just pretending he didn't exist, we've ended up in a situation where we have a couple of identical pro-Brown socialists who are the only ones left standing. I mean, essentially McCain and Hillary and, and Obama. And Ron Paul has been shunted to the side despite his remarkable money raising and his remarkable honesty and directness as a politician, which is utterly unprecedented in the U.S. at least, for at least, uh, God, going back. You'd probably have to go back to about Wilson when you, when you had presidents actually writing their own speech and sometimes uh, saying things that were intelligent rather than just intended for immediate reception. Well, maybe it but, was uh, part of it, I guess, put Ron Paul putting the system candidates into a relief that made them that much more absurd and the process that much more uh, intimidating and daunting and uh, locked down. But uh, you wrote this about Paul on the VNN forum. Uh, Let's see, quote, uh, He lost in part because no one heard him thanks to the Jew-controlled mass media. Personal, too old, too mild. Politically, he incorrectly made hard money his main pitch and getting out of Iraq his secondary pitch. He incorrectly refused to play to whites as whites by emphasizing his intention to end federal affirmative action, a proven winning position. He also threw away the chance to emphasize he would shut down the border. Yeah. And one of those points is arguable, which is the war. I mean, a lot of Republicans, he's in the Republican Party. He's running as a Republican. A lot of Republicans still support the war. But I think if he had hit that extremely hard and really emphasized that it was a war for Israel and that McCain was nothing but a tool, then I think he might have had a chance. But this is part of what I said about the personal, too old and too mild. He, he doesn't hit anything particularly hard. He's more of a, co- a college professor type, and he's kind of mildly remonstrating. And he is principled, and he sticks to what he believes, but he needs to be more aggressive and more vicious. The American, American people are stupid and vicious in large measure. And you need to get out there, and you can make exactly the same arguments that Paul made, but you can make them in a different way, and you can emphasize different ones of them than he chose to emphasize. Now, people say, oh, you can't win as an open race. You can't win as a white nationalist, but you don't have to call yourself a, you can be a libertarian and still argue from libertarian points and make different emphasis than what Paul made. You can say, I will quit. I will end federal discrimination against white people if I'm elected. That's a proven winner. Whites have always voted against affirmative action. Paul didn't do that. He instead took the tack of, I am not a racist. When certain of his utterly defensible quotes from his old newsletters came up, I'm not a racist. I love Martin Luther King. He was a real nonviolent individual. I love Rosa Parks. She stood up for individual people. That's the tack he took and that's when his steam started to leave his campaign right he he did he did a couple of times say things that woke people up to an extent that they hadn't considered before for instance when he talked about having free association uh, which controverts the 1964 civil rights act and even more so i thought when he talked about abraham lincoln lincoln unnecessarily killing over 600,000 people which really calls him a mass murderer, which he was. Uh, this this is astounding to the consciousness of most white Americans, and yet some of them, maybe three seven percent, are able to respond to this. And Alex, in terms of what you were saying about his being ignored, all of these things, all of these lying news clips off Fox and everything, they're all into YouTube and Pod Blanc now, and we have them. And those things are going to be in there, teaching, teaching, teaching forevermore. And uh, on the morning of Super Tuesday, the New York Times uh, pinch, what's his surname, the, that family, Salzburg or something? Salzburg. Yeah, yeah. yeah pinch, uh, they, I looked at the article and I thought, okay, well, here we'll see Ron Paul. I got past Huckabee. I said, okay, we're nearing the end of the article. There they're going to say Ron Paul doesn't stand a chance of 
Jansen Hell or something, you know, something along those lines, real de denigrating. Not even there. And this is after he won second place in Louisiana and he beat Giuliani in every state except New Hampshire. And, and yeah. then the election comes and Obama even won Missouri, which is often considered the state which most picks the presidential winner. They also go chose McCain on the Republican side. And Idaho, Idahoans voted for Obama. So there's something tied up in the American consciousness. In my opinion, it has to do with the Bible and humanitarianism and their thinking that it makes them morally superior, which you've talked a lot about before. You know, they have this some sort of dialogue with themselves going on that to be morally superior and above other people, uh, sort of aristocrats in their own mind or legends in their own mind that they have to vote for a, for a black under no matter yeah, what. Yeah, they they're proving they're not racist, a lot of them. Right, yeah. Yeah, look at the president. sees the black uh, stop uh, terrorizing me with affirmative action and other claims for reparations. But, yeah, that's uh, what they think, but of course it won't make any difference. Exactly. Uh, but it, yeah, as, th their thinking is what's mine is mine and what's yours is negotiable. Yeah, and, and they'll they'll keep going there. As South Africa shows, they'll blame, even when there's hardly any whites around, they'll still be blaming the legacy of discrimination against niggers and 400 years of slavery. Right, so it will never man. end white people. There's, there's no way out. They're never going to become white people. They're never going to stop taking from you everything that you give. There's only fighting or death. Yeah. Those well, are the only options. Getting back and the conflict, the day-to-day -day conflict between these races. Yeah. Well, if you don't like conflict they... and struggle, then you don't like being alive because it's not going to go away. You will go away. Your your type of people will go away. Yeah. Well, getting you back say, oh, I can't bring people into this kind of world. Well, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know? Well, and you're done. Well, getting back to Paul, you said he ignored the Mexican invasion and he ignored racial discrimination against whites while foolishly emphasizing his respect for a communist saint in a way that no one believed and which reduced him to the status of just another lying Paul taking, Paul, the yeah. Paul taking the steam out of his campaign when it needed it most. Yeah, I mean, that's arguable, but I, that's how I see it. I mean, if you're going to start talking about how great MLK is, I, every politician does that. The thing Paul had, Paul had going for him was he was honest in principle. And as Craig, he deserves a lot of praise. He has brought a lot of stuff up that certainly never would have been brought up. And as Giuliani said, Paul won every debate they had. He's more intelligent and honest than the rest of them. But what his flocks, his legions of young supporters have learned is that doesn't really cut it in this system. It's the people who represent the money power, which is the Jews, who get ahead and get the promotion and get the airtime. And those are the ones, and the public is being gullible and stupid, buys what it's fed. And the New York Times backed McCain, and I believe the Washington Post did also. Right so now. that's what you're going to get. You're going to get McCain, or you're going to get Hillary Clinton, or, or Obama. Now, what's McCain's psychological profile? Well, he's someone who's locked up in a box for five years. <laughs> well, he's someone who ditched his first wife and, and jumped in with someone who had more money, who had a Budweiser distributorship. He's someone who doesn't give a damn about national borders or white people. He's on the side of the... Uh, the brown invaders but even so he's taken tax against all those and he'll he'll somewhat claim to be against affirmative action now to shore up his conservative base but in no way is he a conservative but what's the difference there's only one party anyway and he's the right wing uh, head of the right wing of it so he's the one the idiots are going to vote for even the people who thought they were voting against war voted for him that's what's so amazing in like new hampshire they're not even smart enough to understand that he's the biggest warmonger out there i mean he said openly it's going to take it could well take another 100 years of war yeah, Pat Buchanan I mean, was laughing about it. 
Buchanan was he, laughing. He doesn't even said, bother to lie about this stuff anymore. Sure. He, he just says, yeah, there's going to be more wars. Sorry to tell you that, but there's going to be more wars. It might take 100 years, and these people are voting for him. And those jobs aren't coming back. That's another thing, and the Mexicans aren't leaving. So get used Mexicans to it. Mexicans aren't leaving. The jobs aren't coming back. Get used to it. They're building a new world order, and they don't really give a damn about uh, any white people. Fuck them. Who are they to McCain? And I'm going to win anyway, even though Ron Paul's more popular. They, they don't care. I mean, if the media treated Ron Paul fairly and gave him a fair, fair and equal standing, I think he probably could have won. But that's not how it works. Democracy is ruled by the rich. The rich are the Zionists and the Jews. They own the media and they support their own guys. And anyone else, they either ignore or they they mock them and they smirk at them. And that has the effect because the average little guy wants to think himself on the same side as as these people he sees on TV. And just as he relates to a celebrity and feels like he knows him or a sports hero, it's the same thing with politicians. They think that Bush is really on their side or they'll come up with any kind of an excuse to why the guy who isn't doing what what it seems he should be doing is really, really wants to but his handlers or someone else prevents him from doing it it's abysmally stupid so they get cheaper for shearing that's the jewish attitude and it's hard not to take that view these people are basic white people they could do well if they were properly led but when they're not properly led they'll still go along with it and they're no less dangerous because they're misled to, to those of us who just because they're dumb doesn't mean they're not a threat to those of us who do see what's going on they are a threat yeah. Evidently, they don't mind dying over there because, you know, what draws people? Kirksville, what draws a crowd here in, in the middle of middle America? And as Craig said, Missouri is a it's a very representative state. It's got a couple big cities with some minorities and it's got a rural area that's that's basically white and it's medium. It's fairly large state. So it's pretty representative of America in a lot of ways. And, you know, what draws a crowd here? Well, Matt Shepard's mom and uh, uh, Dead Marine draws a big crowd. That's what draws a big crowd in the middle of the country. So they have no problem with authority. They're loyal Americans. They wave the flag. They go off to battle. Isn't that what they're supposed to do? They don't want to hear anything said against authority. I'm not getting in front of the fucking, you know, stampede going to run me over. (laughs) Well, in another news, speaking of stampedes, uh, yesterday the nation's retailers turned in their worst January in almost four decades as high gas and food prices, a slumping housing market, Tighter credit and a tougher job market push consumers to the edge. Uh, this, along with um, you know, quite a few other uh, unsettling economic developments, uh, leading just to a general feeling of uh, economic depression and recession. Sure. You've, you've got, you know, they've been making bad loans for years, subprime loans, and now that's that's coming home to roost. Gold is, what, over 900 It was approaching 1000 there for a while. Dropped a little, but... uh economy built on basically dollar stores and walmart and uh loan shark places it's all you yes. see on tv locally or for, t- for television ads is, is dollar stores come in get your payday loan up to five hundred dollars <laughs> that's what it is for the working class in white america it's a service economy they, they admit it now they say it's the biggest sector in the whole united states and it's just gone through the floor they had some standardized rating. They said 50, anything below 50, it's, it's, everyone knows it's a down sign. So now it's 44, some national standardized rating. The service economy is uh, finished. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I see Bush has a $3 trillion budget, and David Walker, who's the comptroller, I guess, of the United States, he's talking about when the baby boomers come online, which isn't that far away. In fact, some of them, the first one already has. Uh, for Social Security, that he mentions the number of 53 trillion. You know, they bandy these about. And, you know, I looked up 5.87 trillion miles in a light year, and that's light going at 186,000 miles per second. And this is how fast the dollars are being spent. What, a, th- a trillion in, uh, yep. in Iraq? And I think four trillion sitting in China and some vaults are uh, all around the world, China partially, Japan. 
It's just a big joke now, and it's so much of a joke. I, I don't know why Americans would vote for somebody who talks about, yes, we can, to the tune of the Black Eyed Peas in the midst of this crisis. It's, you know, Alex, you always talked about them being adults, and Americans will not be adults. And uh, apparently they're willing to not only sell their people, but their families, their country, their everything they've worked for all their lives and everything to boot right down the drain. Well, yeah, and, and the thing is, wars cost a lot of money to wage. And that's what empires do. They wage wars. <laughs> and a report came in the other day, you know, they, they're now estimating that, that there have been over a million Iraqi citizens killed in the war. And is that worth it to run up, you know, a couple of trillion dollars and then to have this another 50 plus trillion dollars in that we're committed to pay for how are we going to pay for that there's only one way to do it if we're not going to default and that's to keep printing money which is what they're doing right now to stave off the depression or the recession yeah, and well, it doesn't work it just results in rising prices and that's what this article we've got here but well, you mentioned it just says you know people are using their 20 dollars walmart gift cards to buy basics like diapers and food and stuff they're not they're not buying ipods and they're not buying you know boom boxes they're buying you know, food and basic items and prices have gone up remarkably in, in terms of food. Yeah, well, one of the biggest misconceptions about the war is that somehow the nation is profiting from it, whereby all the resources that they uh, have been able to, to, I guess, steal over there have been privatized immediately. And that's why all these big payments are coming out of Saudi Arabia and, and other places, because it's basically just offshoring resources into private companies. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not going to, to pay taxes. They just they brought $21 billion worth of those MRAPs or MRWPs or whatever those big things they're making in South Carolina, you know, they weigh, I don't know, 20 tons or something, you know, and they uh, protect the soldiers supposedly from IEDs and, and mines along the road. They bought literally $21 billion worth of those things. I don't know, it's like 450,000 each, 12,000 of them or something like that. But that's what it amounted to. I mean, they're just, these sums they're throwing around and all to get one quarter of the Iraqi oil and then they're claiming for that oil auction for, by which American companies will get it, they're, they're bribing the members of Parliament of Iraq, $5 million each. All of these things, almost all these things we talk about, you know, are on vnnforum.com, which is really interesting. It's a great source of information. People yeah. finding all of these detailed articles. But and Here we have uh, the U.S. Congress Thursday overwhelmingly passed an economic stimulus package with it, which had been sought by President Bush to fend off a possible recession. According to the stimulus package, individuals who pay income taxes would get up to $600, working couples $1,200, and those with children an additional $300 per child. Yeah. Uh, these are just basic, I guess, freebies now. I mean, yeah, well, Bernanke already said if the dollar collapses, they'll throw it out of helicopters. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very vivid expression of their basic attitude, which is just print money, print money, print money. Sure. Yeah. And he's been widely mocked for that incorrectly. But uh, I guess the only way you, you know, you sell to otherwise conservative people who understand the need to balance your books. The only way you can sell these wars is in the name of protection. And that's what apparently enough of these people believe. I don't know if they watch Fox News or they have an incentive because they come from the South and that's where defense is strong and people join the military. But they really believe that we are somehow preventing terrorists from attacking here by waging trillion-dollar wars over in the Middle East. Now, a child should be able to see that's not true, but the uh, average working-class white in the South and Midwest can't see that, apparently, because they're voting for McCain. So keep on defending us until we're absolutely bankrupt and everybody else in the world hates us. Yeah, and we've got uh, anarchy uh, at home and uh, tyranny as well. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, just endless, endless, you know, calls for new IDs, and they're trying to stick in these new, 
federal. They, they've had some backlash from the states, but they're trying to get them this new federal uniform national ID, such as the Social Security number was never supposed to be an ID. But the, this is going to be like uh, you renew your driver's license, and then they, they give you basically a national ID that has a, a microchip in it. There's more of that kind of stuff all the time. They have that here in Estonia. I have an ID with one of those. Mm-hmm. But when you go someplace, they they can look you all up. I suppose they have different levels of access sure. depending on where you go. You know about how far into your into your history they can dig. And this is you know this is a related story we weren't going to talk about. But the FBI they just put out a request for quote for uh, and most big government departments do this because I used to write about this stuff ten years ago. I mean every couple of years they'd be putting out an RFQ and something like this. But you know they want a billion dollar contract to to build a massive database that basically has all the physical biometrics as they call it, of pretty much every citizen on Earth. And if you ever go to a white nationalist rally, they love to, uh, many of them, they, uh, they scan you. They scan your irises. They get your, they almost, I don't know if they get your fingerprints or not, but they take all kinds of pictures of you and they want to get a massive database. And if, being the government, that they lie that it will be a security enhancer or even a privacy enhancer, but right, that was a no, great they want to get everything into one file. Yeah, privacy enhancer. <laughs> <laughs> There, people are so accustomed to being, American people are the most bullshitted, lied to people on earth. The, the entire media is not <coughs> their ass. And evidently, they're too dumb not to, uh, they like it. I mean, I they use this as an example on, on one of our other radio shows, uh, which was Time Magazine. And, you know, it was just one of the middle weeks of the election. Just the cover, it's so smarmy and it's so blowing smoke up their ass is the only way to describe it. You know, the American people, the experts said it was decided, but the American people, you know, they decided otherwise. They showed that it just wasn't so. They're always portraying these people, American people who are their sucker readers as just a little smarter than the government and the experts. They're really, they know what they're doing. There's sort of a popular wisdom out there and just totally flattering these idiots and it works. Yeah. It works. I mean, there's no other way to explain the success of Fox News. I mean, these people of otherwise ordinary intelligence, you know, they're not necessarily stupid. They watch that and they come away smirking, smug, the, and thinking the, the way you argue is to shout down everybody and... and well, you like the results? Yeah, they call that the uh, Hannity factor. You know, in, yeah. in uh, medieval times, if you went against the orthodoxy of the Bible, which was at that time it was the matrix they laid on people of reality, by which you must measure up and uh, consider the universe or the world around you, they've kind of done the same thing with Fox News and with... Um, Actually, they've extrapolated the Jews into modern times with the same thing, the same hocus pocus. And uh, humanism and the fact that we're all the same, these Boazian lies, uh, I mean, it's to extreme detriment. When I see the, the kids over here and they're speaking three languages and they're good looking kids, you know, they're not denigrated their DNA or anything. It's not run down. The, the people in the United States, those 7% Foran Paulers or whatever they are, 3 to 7%, they're scattered all over the country, just like in Brazil. How are these people ever going to get organized in one? One geographic area. It seems to me they're just going to lose and lose and lose numbers. And we don't have any elites writing PhD papers, you know, like they do maybe about the snipe snail or the sperm whale, about why these uh, entities need to be saved. Because why? Because the kids will say, white, there's no such thing. And even if there is, we don't need it. You know, we don't want it. I mean, it's very, very severe mind control on, on levels that we can hardly even get a grip on. Across the pond, we have Kenya, another shining example of post-colonial African progress, uh, and the headline is Ethnic Violence in Rift Valley is Tearing Kenya Apart. Nairobi, the capital of Kenya, may seem calm, but anarchy reigns just two hours away. In Nakuru, furious mobs 
rule the streets, burning homes, brutalizing people, and expelling anyone not in their ethnic group, all with complete impunity. On Saturday, hundreds of men prowled a section of the city with six-foot iron bars, poisoned swords, clubs, knives, and crude circumcision tools. Boys carried gladiator-style shields, and women strutted around with sharpened sticks. Talk to the stick. (laughs) Yeah, what's going on is basically ethnic cleansing. They're disappointed over results, and, you know, that's a good enough reason to fight other people who are a different brand of nigger than you are. And and the latest now, this from February, uh, let me read just a little something I googled up here. Thousands of people displaced from the suburbs in the western edge of the capital, Nairobi, have left for their ancestral homes in western Kenya. They've had 17,000 people leave here since last week, but they've been leaving since Friday the 1st of February for their ancestral homes in areas such as Kisumu, Bondo, Murcia, Kakamega, and Kitale. <laughs> Regina Munguti. You like my Kenyan there, do you? <laughs> uh, a volunteer of the Catholic Justice and Peace Commission. So, see... The natural solution here is kicking in, you know, ethnic groups can't get along. Not even these different species of niggers can get along. So what do they do when they're forced together through the offices of the state? Well, they may appear to get along for a while, but eventually they fight and then they separate. And forcing people together, you know, they call us haters and extremists, but forcing together groups who don't want to be it together, that's the real hate. That's what the Jews do in every area in white society. They declare that basically every area, everything that goes on is public, whereas it used to be the state occupied a small sphere and the rest was private. They say, no, everything's public. Hotels are public, housing is public, employment is public, restaurants are public, and you have to mix with niggers whether you want to or not. We don't care if they end up raping 40,000 a year of your women. That's your problem. We're not going to acknowledge it. We're going to deny it in our media. And if you would dare to talk about it, we're going to call you haters and extremists. Right. So you just the, put up love you just put up you just put up with this crime visited on you by blacks and if you resi- if you don't like it and you work against it, you're racist. So the same thing in the prisons. They know that there's going to be a racial attacks on whites who are hated by minorities because whites locked them up in the first place. They know that. They don't care. They know that segregation is a perfectly natural. They force in races among each other even though they don't want that. They could just as as easily build prisons that were blacks only or Mexicans only and have smaller or more infrequent ones for whites only. They could do that, but they choose to forcibly gunpoint integrate them knowing it will cause misery. That's what our government does and that's why it really needs to be replaced. Because you'd better believe if there were Jewish inmates being attacked by niggers and Mexicans, you'd better believe they would get special treatment and be herded out. But there's not that many Jews in prison. These two tribes, I found it interesting that the poor of the two tribes is Obama's descendant tribe. That's the uh, what is it, the Olus here? Luos, Luos. So many vowels. The Luos and the Kukias. So the opposition leader who got screwed out of the election, he's one of Obama's people, the Luo. And they come from the western part, and now they're uh, crossing each other. And the Luos, I think, first attacked the uh, Kukuyas who rigged the Kikuyas who rigged the election. So now they're leaving one one place called the Rift Valley, and the Kikuyus, uh, I guess, used to live in the highlands where they ran the British out. And they had the Mau Mau uprising there between 1952 and 1960. And a lot of these tribes were involved in that. Interestingly, I saw a video recently, and they had a a black who, she spoke with a very fine, very fine West London accent, I think it was. 
And uh, she gave the whole history. There's no such thing as the Mau Mau uprising. And she gave the actual name of their different organizations and who, in fact, they were. But apparently these things have been long and deep-rooted in their society because, you see, uh, they're still going on. As you just said, as you just said, uh, it's, it's continuing and it will continue forevermore. And I don't know why the Jews don't go over there and set everybody straight, say who's who and why they shouldn't hate and, you know, get some government money from Kenya. I guess when Obama's president, he would do that. I saw one thing. They said his mom was watching the election on some old TV. I thought, now, why doesn't Senator Obama send this woman a $100 Walmart TV from Korea? I mean, what's the problem? The old lady has to watch you know, a grandson on a, an old TV. They wouldn't even show that Reuters wouldn't her old TV. Yeah, well, you know, he is driving around in limos, uh, apparently smoking crack with uh, homosexuals. <laughs> so he's got better things to do. I think he's very tall, too. Americans like height. Yep. But whatever's going on, it's what we've been talking about for years, and, and that is... They seem to think that by going against their own natural racial interests, that they're some sort of aristocrat. They're some sort of, you know, holy man or holy woman. And this is a really mistaken and, and sick uh, conjecture. Well, that's, yeah, that's what's indoctrinated into the 50% that go to college, that they elevate themselves socially by mm -hmm. taking on these liberal views. That means downplaying their own race and, and exaggerating the virtues of these others. That's how they distance themselves from white trash mm -hmm. and rural white race racist. Mm -hmm. And most people believe what they're told. They eat what they're fed. They're fed bullshit. Now they eat it just like a pig. They don't know any better. Yeah, why aren't the Jews um, wrecking the Kenyan immigration uh, situation so that whites are being um, forced immigrated into uh, Kenyan society? That's what I want to know. Yeah, it's only well, racism. Yeah, whites, every non-white area is allowed to maintain its integrity, but white areas must become diverse. They must allow immigration. They must get rid of their blood-based nationality laws. So, yeah, that only works one way. So anti-racist means anti-white. As people have pointed out. If Obama's president, maybe we'll get a few tens of thousands of Luo refugees into, uh, I don't know, Missouri. Yeah. And Missouri fit him, Alex? <laughs> sure, we have lots of open areas. <laughs> That's right. We're going to put them on the feedlots. <laughs> well, we have one refugee in Chicago, uh, or Tinley Park, Illinois. Four people are dead in a shooting Saturday morning at a Lane... Lane Bryant. Yeah, that's a female clothing store. At a Lane Bryant clothing store in a strip mall in Tinley Park. And police say the gunman is still on the loose. The Will County Coroner's Office confirmed four people are dead from the shooting at the Lane Bryant store in the Brookside Marketplace Shopping Center. I've got a question right away, Alex. Is there, Aegis, I've got a question. Is there more on that, please? I'm really beside myself about this. Almost two weeks. Where's the, where's the goddamn sketch? Okay, where's the sketch? One woman lived. The sixth woman got shot in the neck. She jerked her head at the last moment, so instead of going into a... Her occipital lobe and killing her, it went into a flesh wound in her neck. Didn't hit the jugular or anything. She got out of the hospital, I think, the next day. Where is the sketch, you know? Uh, maybe a mild description? Um. They, they, they won't even put a charcoal sketch. And I think the reason why is because they already had several several niggers pulled off the bus, you know, within hours of the, of the thing happening, kind of like uh, on the East Coast with uh, what they were doing to whites during uh, Muhammad Malvo. But um, come on, a guy just murders five people and he's running around loose. And because of political correctness, they won't draw a charcoal sketch. This is it's like voting for Obama, you know, across the nation. Yeah, I hope it's a white guy and a white man. I, I, I think that's really evil. That's just really evil. You know, even in the old West, they put up come on, wanted posters. They will not. It, it, it's just 
it's Chicago, you know, nigger central, I guess. That's the only thing I can figure. Yeah, and niggers and Mexicans. Yeah. Chicago's already probably about 25 to 30% Mexican, that whole area, and it's wow. way out in the suburbs. I mean, it's way out. It's across. I read those guys over the Chronicles, the paleoconservative stuff. I don't respect them, but I read what they write. But uh, they, they write about Roxville in a couple of their blogs and uh, Rockville. Not Rockville, Rockford. Rockford's over on the northwest side of uh, the state of Illinois, and uh, that's got all kinds of uh, gangs and and, uh, apparently a lot of Arabs, of all things, as well as Mexicans and blacks. So this this shit scum is not limited to Chicago or to East St. Louis. It's it's really spread out across a lot of uh, Illinois. Yeah, that's some Arab who glommed onto uh, Britney Spears there, Osama Lufti or something. Glommed onto her and moved into her house and took over everything. Was it ground up her ground up medicine, sprinkled on her food like it was black pepper or something? These, mm-hmm. these, this is the, this is what we're reaping. The guy was born in L.A. 1974. There he is now, Freak City. Freak yeah, City. no, I haven't seen any sketch of this uh, the, the nigger shootist uh, anywhere. And uh, the extended first extended news stories I saw, they basically put the race of the uh, suspect in the very last line of the story. They said something like, you know, he was supposed to be, I don't know what it, how tall he was, like 5'10 or something, but 5'9 and weigh like 230 to 290 or something like that. Mm-hmm. This is one roly-poly brother. They call him clean. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah, he's just rolling into these stores. I mean, uh, I guess a couple of the ones he shot were black, but the other ones were white. Am I right about that? Uh, two yeah. two were black, two. four were white. Yeah, and I mean... Only a nigger would even think. They say robbery is the motive. Okay. Well, who the hell robs a store inside of a mall? I mean, even for a nigger, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> Could have hit the KFC, walked out. I mean, you problem. rob the store, then what? You, you get out bucks. and you, you run away, you race through it until you find. You know how hard it is. Sometimes you can't even find a damn door to get out of one of those malls. It's all confusing. It was a crime of passion. Alex. And Lane Bryant, why? <laughs> Why would you rob a Lane Bryant? That's kind of a fat chick type story, I think. One of the relatives of one of the deceased said that there's no way that that was a robbery, but that was all that was declared. He didn't say what it was. Yeah, I would guess, you know, maybe uh, there was there was something personal there. Maybe he was involved with one of the women or... Uh, because that kind of plays into, you know, our next story, right, Aegis? I mean, there was our next story about a nigger going in a shooting rampage. There's, there's definitely a, a reason for it, and it's not robbery. Yeah, and none other than Kirkwood, Missouri, city council meeting massacre. A gunman named Charles Lee Thornton walked into a city council meeting in Kirkwood, Missouri, and opened fire. At least six people were dead by the time the shooting was done, as was the gunman. Among the wounded taken into a local medical facility where two councilmen and Kirkwood mayor police open fired on Thornton killing him and and listen listen to this let me interject here Thornton's brother Gerald told local television station KMOV that he saw a justification for the bloodshed my brother went to war tonight with the people in the government that were putting torment and strife in his life and he and he ended it Gerald Thornton said I'm okay with it yeah now, that, that, that's the attitude of the nigger. I mean, those of you who think that niggers think they have anything in common with us, that statement refutes that. If blacks go and shoot whites, most blacks think, yeah, they deserve it. So you're living around people who have a built-in feeling that it's okay to kill you. They fucking hate you. Now, all you ever hear about is white racism. Well, black racism is ten times stronger. This is just like that tribal thing over in Kenya, man. They're happy. If the Kikuyu 
kill someone else as long as they're not Kikuyu. That's perfectly cool. Yo, this guy's, yeah, my brother went and killed a bunch of white people who were harassing him. I mean, that's not even the facts of the case, but niggers don't care about the facts. But we allow the, we allow the Jews to stick this kind of people around us. And this is the natural result. We're reaping the natural result. Niggers go nuts. They can't control themselves. They go into a sh- store and start shooting people. They go into a city town council meeting and start shooting people. How long are we going to tolerate niggers among us? How long are we going to tolerate the Jews who stuck them among us and told us they were our equals? And lie about them every day. Yeah, lie how Jews won't let us separate them. The legal reason we can't separate from niggers like this is because Jews destroyed freedom of association, even though it's written in the Constitution. So we can't protect our areas. We can't live in racially exclusive areas because the Jews perverted the law of the land, the Constitution, to mean the opposite of what it means. The Constitution allows us to protect ourselves from rampaging niggers. But Jews say, no, you can't do that. Your community must be open to the niggers who go on rampages. We call that civil rights. So th- these are the two options, white men. Either you can withstand Jewish verbal barrages, or you can uh, have to put up with nigger physical barrages in the form of bullets fired into your women, fired into your men, fired into your children. Which is it better to put up with? I say we stop putting up with the Jews. And once we stop putting up with the Jews, all of a sudden we won't have to put up with the niggers any longer. Who's going to run things? Either us or the Jews and the blacks? That's the question. Not Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. It's whites running things for their own interests, or Jews and blacks running things for their own interests. That's the stark political fact of the matter. Don't allow the, the, the media to gauze it and veil it and hide from you the real forces doing battle. That's what it's our business here at Goyfire to lay bare and make plain to you. It's whites versus Jews. Jews say, oh yeah, you have to treat these as your equal. We know that they rape your people. We know that they kill them. We know that they fill the air with hip-hop noise. We know that they can't keep up school-wise, so we drag your kid down. They know all that stuff. They don't care. Jews are our enemy. They are the ones who sicked these niggers on us. And this, these news stories are the result of that. Yeah, well, speaking of media distortion... We have here an, an article uh, from the Scotsman, no less, uh, covering the Shannon Christian, Chris Newsom double murder. And the, the title of this article is, Pretending the Web Doesn't Exist Will Not Serve Justice. And it starts off, uh, it's written by Graham Gregg, or Graham Gregg. Brutal, unprovoked, and pointless murders have always generated public response. Revulsion at the crime draws on a well of primitive responses that include fear, anger, and fascination. The person accused can expect little respite from outrage from, a, from the moment he or she is identified as a suspect. The worse the crime, the less reality there is in the public mind to the legalistic concept of presumption of innocence. This is an article appearing in a Scottish paper talking about one of the defendants in the Shannon Christian Chris Newsom murder torture trial. And the defense lawyer, who's someone I've actually spoke to, Philip Lamonico of Nashville, I'm sorry, of, a, of a Knoxville, is trying to get defendant Eric Boyd's case moved. Now, Boyd is more of a, uh, he's sought after, he, he there are four black males and one female involved in this case, and Boyd is, they've, they've charged with being a federal accessory after the fact. But two of the main directors of this crime, so to speak, have said that he was involved with the rape and murder. So that, that in itself is interesting. But what LaMonica is trying to do is move this from the eastern side of the state in Knoxville, several hundred miles west to Memphis, over in the Mississippi River or, or thereabouts, on the other side of the state. Now, the irony here, or one thing that I wanted to talk about in this article is 
This is a common leftist Jewish tact. They downplay or ignore, that is, they keep local any hush crime, what we've denominated hush crime, a black-on-white violent crime. We call it hush crime because it's never reported nationally, right? So when we pick one of these cases and make a big deal about it, as we at VNN did over the Shannon Christian Chris Newsom murder, then all of a sudden, it suddenly starts writing about it, if we care so much as to put on a rally. And then it pretends that, oh, yeah, there's been all kinds of media coverage of this. We've been talking about it all along. It's, it's a lie. It's complete bullshit. The media didn't talk, talk about Shannon Christian, Chris Newsom whatsoever until we put on the first rally last year. The media kept it confined to about 20-mile circle around Knoxville. It wasn't even known statewide before we started talking about it. So that's lie number one. And the second point is, this guy's point, Lamonico's point, the lawyer Lamonico's point, doesn't even make sense because if there's prejudicial coverage... Uh, is is due to the media, it's due to the web, and the web is accessible anywhere. So there were plenty of people even in Knoxville who hadn't heard of this, because believe, although Knoxville covered it, they didn't cover it in racial terms, they simply talked about it within that city. So to the extent this thing is known, it's known because of the web and because of what we do. And uh, I think, you know, I actually, when I when when I had um, the charges that I was facing, I talked to a number of defense lawyers, and one of them was a uh, was this Lamonico, and he uh, you know he basically said you know try to get it settled because it's very expensive, and that's for those of you who've never been brought into this system in a formal legal sense, the basic uh, you've heard the jive, you have as much justice as you can afford. That's basically correct, and what that means is they can trump up so many charges that they can tie you up until you have no more. <coughs> That's in the incentive. The system is built to benefit politicians and lawyers. They can keep things running indefinitely. It's no problem to them at all. And when they do that, it exhausts your uh, your bank book. So that's why most people cannot afford to fight any serious charge. And what the prosecutor can do is simply pile charge upon charge. And you have to defend. All he has to do is fill out a piece of paper. Well, that means you have to defend an additional, say, misdemeanor charge. And it costs the bottom cost for misdemeanor is fifteen hundred a pop. So this can go on indefinitely. And uh, <laughs> uh, and to actually take one of these charges to trial is going to cost you about three to five thousand dollars, at least for the first round. And the point is, most people can't afford that, so most people plead guilty. So most prosecutors have a near a hundred percent conviction record. And then the idiots who watch cops go around saying, "Well, Nancy Grace must be a great she must." be a great prosecutor. She has 100% conviction. Well, how did she get it? They get it that way by multiplying charges against people, by inventing stuff, and knowing that people don't have the money to defend themselves. So that's how the system actually works. And Lamonico, he told me he's one of 20 in the state who is a criminal trial specialist. I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, So, Mr. Eric Boyd, this accessory after the fact or participant in the main course, if you're to believe the the other participants, uh, is being defended by one of the uh, one of one of only a, a couple dozen criminal trial specialists. So that's interesting. I wonder how Eric Boyd is uh, is funding his defense because he looks pretty much like a no good nigger with no money. I, I'm just guessing maybe the state is picking this up, picking up the bill. No, Lamonico's not the duty counselor in this case. He, he's not. Is that it? I, I'm I'm wondering is is he is is this a state defense or is uh, Eric Boyd paying his own way in this lawyer? So I maybe guarantee it's like you, Genesis, like all, this, all the niggers in the country are sending their money. <laughs> I guarantee you, a case like this, you, you there's no way Lamonico would touch this for under probably about fifty thousand dollars. Oh, easy. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fact, guess. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not capital it's, because I think Boyd's the only one maybe not facing capital charges. I'm not sure. Not yet, anyway. The reason LaMonaco is requesting that the trial, the venue, be changed to Memphis is because Memphis is 64.1% black, according to citydata.com, whereas Knoxville, a city of 130,000, is only 16% black. 
And it's true that VNN, uh, with some slight help from other uh, white nationalist sites, I would say, but initially, particularly, VNN was largely responsible for all of the web publicity. Now, this Lamonico, it happens that in another case, fairly recently in Knoxville, had defended a bar owner who owned a bar called the Red Iguana. And the online article says that 80% of the customers were, were black, the clients at this strip bar, the Red Iguana in Knoxville. And they had so much crime there and so many shootings and uh, fights and serving underage and you name it, drug dealing, that uh, the city tried to close it down. So Lamonico was the attorney. And ironically, in his defense of uh, the Red Iguana, they said that uh, on their web presence, the Red Iguanas, they said exactly what their club rules are. And anybody could read it right there on the web. But now all of a sudden, the web's a bad thing when it comes to Eric Boyd. All right. No simulating oral sex, for example, uh, uh-huh. among uh-huh. the patients. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you found that one. Yeah, so, so it's interesting. He, uh, it was just the contrary to what he's maintaining in our case. And uh, specifically, by the way, they're objecting, I think, to this PDF file that was initially released by the police. And Alex knows, and he's talked about it often, that they would not release the coroner's report and the autopsies of Shannon and Chris. They and, still uh, have not. And, right. and then well, what they do they do? Know. Then they, Lamonico says the blog spread lies and helped create an urban legend. Well... They well, here's the lies. Oh, she was up. chopped up. We weren't sure if she was chopped up. Why did it say that? Because the way the PDF was written, the police report, which is, it said something about five plastic bags. Now, that could have been five, you know, on top of each other. And uh, they also said uh, she was, uh, what was the term they used? It wasn't butchered or wasn't cut. I think they did say cut up initially, didn't they? And uh, I'm not actually, sure. if she your, was your stuffed in, it, 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 yeah, if she was stuffed in the right. thing, half alive or half sport. breathing, upside down or you name it, what is the difference? You're going to slice and dice it, you know? Come on. They raped Chris Newsom in the ass and uh, wrapped him in a blanket, tossed him on the railroad tracks with gas and burned him up. Well, you know, if they, if they didn't cut off his dick or if they cut off his balls and not his dick, what is the big difference? Who cares? And the guy who wrote this article, he's also playing on the U.K. prejudices because in their country, they do not allow any pretrial publicity, I believe. It's uh, basically the, under great strictures compared to the United States system. Uh, well, this is the thing. The, the corrupt establishment will simply not face the facts about the consequences of Jew-built and gun-reinforced integration. The Jews who pushed this policy on us in the name of MLK and said, this is, this is moral, this is good, this is progress. And when we point out, well, here's the facts, here's the result of your policy, they don't want to hear it. They call us evil haters for telling you the facts. Racist. And the, the Jews who train the police officers that won't release the reports on what happened, and the media that won't cover it, won't write about it honestly, and then, then the defense lawyer turns turns around and blames us. How can we be to blame when we're the only ones talking about this crime? We said that he was mutilated. Now whether, and in fact, they have now admitted that the bodies were mutilated. So whether they were mutilated in original uh, web report said, who knows? What's, but as Craig says, what's the difference? The fact is they tortured, murdered, raped, and killed these people. That's a fact of the matter, and it doesn't matter where this trial is held. And we're not responsible for that. The niggers did it, and it ain't no urban legend, Philip A. Lamonico, or A. Philip Lamonico. It's not an urban legend it's the urban truth it's an urban truth that shannon christian and chris newsom were raped tortured and murdered by niggers it's also you know in the, one of your speeches at the bankrupt the, the morally and financially bankrupt liar jamie satterfield at the knoxville news sentinel she and her ilk are responsible 
for downplaying this crime and blaming it on people rather than niggers and the Jews who sick them on the white national population. Yeah, the only urban legend... We are legend. the good guys for talking about it and bringing out the facts of interracial crime, which nobody else will do, but which are the telling fact of a physically, coercively integrated society. We're trying to get society to face what it's become under the Jew. We're worried about terrorism. and they're, Goddamn, you know, this is another thing I saw over at Rockville. I was reading a report in the Rolling Stone. It was, uh, it was about these JTTFs, these Joint Terror Task Forces. And there's about 100 of them, and they got a couple hundred guys apiece, I think, and a total of 2,000. And they got one around Rockville, where there's all kinds of on-white attacks, uh, black-on-white attacks, Mexican-on-white attacks. Where there's terrorism all over the place. The Shannon Christian thing is a perfect example of racial terrorism. Do the JTTFs under the FBI care about that? No. They sit around. They rent an office building at a very high price. They surround it with barbed wire. And they sit in there and they re read all these foreign news reports. And then they go find some pitiful Arab who works in a video store and might have said one angry thing about America. And they give them a bunch of uh, bogus or dead-end munitions. And then they pretend they've made a major terror cell bug. That's now running the country. And I say dipshit mentality. The Jews know what they're doing. But you sucker whites who believe that we're fighting terrorism by killing Iraqi citizens, you guys are fucking crazy. You're voting for McCain? You're fucking assholes. You're complete childish morons. You have smoke one up your ass every day of the goddamn year and you like it you're fucking losers you want to talk to fucking terrorism man they're under my bed man they come out i put bush mccain stickers around my bed man it's the only thing keeping me alive man terrorism you sound like a white terrorist there. alex i tell you i'm pretty sure you're These a white terrorist are fucking, they're like little kids scared of imaginary monsters in their closet the average american is the most cowardly poltroonish creature on earth and, Menken said that like 80 years ago. He said they're the most sniveling, poltroonish cowards on the face of the goddamn earth. And that's the truth. Oh, terrorists are going to get me. It's not terrorists that's going to get you. It's these fucking niggers who have the law and the media backing them. That's what's going to get you. And it's demonstrably true. I don't have to make up little white terrorist task force and go around talking about it pretending to fight it off that's what's actually going on the 40,000 rapes a year are not imaginary I don't have to point to some oh they blew up our building look what they did man yeah you know what there's a Mossad team in place taping that before it happened don't tell me about the fucking Arabs being the problem the problem is Jews and rant for now but yeah, absolutely whole, yeah the only urban legend surrounding the Shannon Christian Chris Newsom uh, uh, murder was that it it was a carjacking gone wrong yeah, it was a the, carjack. The, there was technically an AP report at the very first, which did not name the race. It was a very dearth of uh, details, and they released it. Nobody picked it up nationally to speak of it. I don't think anybody did, actually. And, and uh, they might have picked it up in Atlanta or something, the Constitution. Anyway, I remember because we were ragging the uh, AP in uh, Tennessee pretty heavily about it. And nothing would happen. And then when uh, Michelle Malkin finally made some report about it, oh, you would have thought that she was the first one to find it. But by then, we had virally infected, uh, so to speak, or uh, infected is not the good word, but we were all over YouTube with it. It, it was DM a week before the rally, Jane. They had to say something. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, the white supremacists are coming down. I wanted to mention Alex's speech. I don't think it was in Knoxville. It might have been. I think it was when you got up to Michigan. 
and you were saying that we've had, what, 45 years to experience the content of their character that Martin Luther King talked about, and it stinks, and we don't need it. We don't want it, and we've had it, and, yeah. and Mr. Obama notwithstanding. Maybe both, but yeah. Yeah, this is the content of their character. This is what's in their hearts. You know, what's in their hearts is, okay, it's, it's demonstrated. Leave aside the, the depraved ones that executed and carried out this act. Look, look at the nigger female who helped them midway. I mean, she wasn't even involved. She didn't get any sexual pleasure out of raping them or anything. I mean, uh, look at the other nigger, uh, Monaco's guy, Dwayne Boyd, Eric Boyd. E. You know, if you, if you raped and murdered someone, would you assume that you could call, like, your friend and say, hey, man, I got a black female in. You want to come sure. over and have some fun, Craig? Yeah, I'll ring you up, Alex. Fly over and get yeah, the see, see, I caught you, one in you, town I, and I, I get know this that if, I, if I called Craig Rages, they'd be like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, I'd be taking a real chance. I'd be turned in, or at least I would have uh, turned myself in. They only have 100 prison. niggers in the whole country here, and a third of the, uh, of the national nigger population is in our prison in Estonia. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, white people. Niggers know that if they have some white people caged up and are using them for fun, they know they can do anything to a white person and a nigger will never turn him in. It's just the way the Mossad knows. It can call on its cyanim, its little Jew helpers all around the world. It knows it will never be turned in because Jews are loyal to Jews, not to the local nation. That's just the host that they feed off. So Jews and niggers are loyal to their own group. They don't give a damn about the U.S. And it's the same, it's the same thing with the nigger over in Kirkwood. Let's make the parallel there. His brother goes off and shoots a bunch of white people over some parking tickets. His brother's like, yeah, I'm cool with that. That's cool. He took out a bunch of whiteies. You know, maybe it ended up... Did did he die from that? Yes, he did. Yeah, okay, he loses his loan. That's cool. As long as he took some whiteies with him, that's cool. And he doesn't, he has no shame to be quoted in the paper about that. He's not worried about... No, the about papers are quoting God, him that uh, he, 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 was getting, he was getting saddled with slave taxes or something like that, on and on and on. They have all kinds yeah. of racial quotes the guys made, but... Uh, yeah, so blacks hate whites, and the Jews who sick blacks on whites know that. And their media covers up the consequences of this evil called integration and civil rights. They're evil. They're not moral. They're not good. They're evil. And you dipshit Christians need to get that through your head. You are killing your own country. Well, it's you know what? Most point. of the costs are actually borne by people who are like you. They're on the lower end. They're left half of the bell curve. They're the ones who have to deal with the fucking niggers. Have the niggers come in their community and mess them up. You know what? The United States was 8 or 9% black in 1965 or 64 when they changed the law. And it was really orderly. In other words, we already had a multicult society. <laughs> it was majorly multicult. And, and it was way more orderly and, and, and decent than what's going on now. It really was. Well, I there were the laws. When you have free association, then communities, individuals, neighborhoods, whatever division you want to make, can protect itself through exactly. those laws. It can say, nigger, God help your black ass if we catch you here after sundown. We don't want niggers around here. That's, that's what free association means. It means you can go with your own people. You can do what you want, and you can exclude people. If you don't have the right to exclude people, then you don't have any rights What? Whatsoever. And that's how it is these days. Not only do you not have the right to exclude people, you have to pay continual taxes just to keep the space that you do have. And who are you paying taxes to? Well, you're paying taxes to the same people who are inflicting niggers on you and inflicting a bullshit school curriculum called public education, which is more like slave indoctrination. So it all works to the ends of the Jews and it all hurts you, normal whites. There's only one way out, and that is whites coming together and killing off the Jew who currently controls the country controls all the major candidates and is intimidated Ron Paul. They may not totally control him, but he's in their grip mentally, if no other way, even though
though he speaks the truth about the Federal Reserve, he's still afraid to go against them on race. So we know for a fact that he believes in, in uh, what the Jews denounce as racism. Well, they force so, us to take these extreme positions, so-called extreme. They're not extreme at all. You know, we're totally no, under the thumb. We, we, don't have no, no. we don't have any organization. We don't have any power to speak Quite of. Quite the and opposite, Greg. Yeah. Our and position so all is we are is a few people Their talk. position is extreme. Look, our position prevents 40,000 women from being raped a year. They're urged that those 40,000 get raped. Their prison policy of coerced integration is just a microcosm of larger society. They ensure that white men and women are raped and killed. Their policies yeah, ensure that. That's right. They're well, you know it all Americans ought to go to a white country like Estonia or Germany and fucking walk around for like six hours. Notice what's different. We are the normal. They are the extremists. They are the bad guys. They are the evil doers. Knowingly doing evil. They know the results of their policies. They're not naive. They're not people who think, oh, it would be so nice if this worked. They know going in that blacks will destroy white communities. They're not stupid, right? And Jews are smart. They know the results of these policies. It says, and, and read it, read uh, whether you believe it's fiction or nonfiction, it exists. It's the protocols of the elders of Zion. We will feed them policies that we know to be false. We will indoctrinate their kids in beliefs that we know to be false. That's how evil Jews are. That's what they do to your children. They knowingly teach him false doctrines that will seduce him, mislead him, and destroy his life, prevent him from seeing clearly. We knowingly teach them false doctrines. That's what they have in store for you. That's what the and Jew it, means to you. You want to go around talk about how they're God's chosen people? When they're saying stuff like that, you Christian? How about this, talking about Christian, uh, Chris and Shannon, and the people who killed them, a lot of whites will say, oh, there are a lot of decent black people. Oh, yeah, well, how come this hip-hop is like the, the, the culture of the day for, I don't know, how many years now, 18, 20, and getting worse and worse and just as foul and, and more widespread than ever? All these white kids, virtually all of them, that's a slight exaggeration, not by much. And so this is the template they follow, these lyrics and these messages, and, and we're supposed to act like this is normalcy. I'm just really sick of that. Uh, the, the, this cultural genre that's just nothing but filth and crap and degeneracy and murder and and uh, mayhem and, and, and disrespect of all people is really what it amounts to, hip-hop. Is it anything else? Just niggers at just surprise and yeah. pretend it's not happening. Like, the culture isn't... I've said a thousand times on Goyfire, you know, they're making the nigger normal. They're, they're niggerizing normality until everything is hoes and bitches yeah. and fuck and cursing. Well, hell, and we're, we're way more abnormal than the hip-hoppers, according to... They're... they're, they're uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland view of the world. What do you, you white idiots that I see appeal to? You, you know, you... you I'm not blaming Craig, but people who are more Craig's age, you know, maybe, oh, the guy, you know, the guys that Dennis Hopper is trying to appeal to in those, I don't know, some retirement plan ad. What, what do you fuckers think about the world that you guys have left? You've had smoke blown up your asses your entire life. You've been you selfish fucking baby boomers. And look at the world that you're leaving for your grandkids. You proud of this civil rights? Look at what it's resulted in. It's a mess. They're all heading to this personal nirvana. No, they, don't <laughs> they, they don't give a shit. Here's they, the thing, they, you guys. They look, if there's no metaphysical aspect, Afterlife. This is what I think of. There's no metaphysical act afterlife. If you accept that, and we are in the age of science, I mean, come on. And there's really no proof of it. And and I think most reasonable people would agree when we're dead, we're dead. However, uh, all that leaves, the only way for you to impel yourself through the futureness is through your offspring or through our people as a race. That's the only way we're going to impel ourselves into the future. It's not by some sort of, you know, you wake up and uh, some bearded fucking kite god is there. Welcome, welcome. Glad you arrived. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Race is everything. Just, Race is everything. This is a little bit. I, I watched uh, something Craig had posted. I think they were originally at Pod Blanc. 
Facebook.com, uh, reposted on VNN, three segments of the video about the first people in the Americas. And I just want to throw this in here as a little interesting tidbit for those of you who may be completely in the dark. All you've heard your entire life is that Native Americans were the first people in the Americas, but it's not true. And they know from these tools that they found, which specifically are spearheads created using a certain tech technology that dates back to 20,000 years ago in France... And these spearheads are found, made with identical techniques, are found throughout the Americans, uh, predating even the, uh, the the time when the, the people did come over from Asia. Uh, this is part of the tradition that we're carrying on of our people being on this continent. And we whites were actually the first ones here. But they wiped so, us out. What happened? <laughs> they wiped likely. us out. Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, people kill each other off. That's yeah. just how it is. But uh, we want to make sure we're not the ones carried off. And if you don't have a religious faith, well, this is a uh, this is a chain that you can become a link in. White people existing for a hell of a long time, creating culture and bearing it around the world wherever they went, pretty much everywhere. Whites created the original culture. And the coloreds who prevail there now will have these, uh, mem- these ancient memories. <laughs> of these white gods like they have down in Mexico. Well, those are the white people who brought them culture. And so, Craig, why don't you talk a little about that that series? I wasn't sure where that came They're from. They're called Euros are the First Americans. Uh, just now, Pod yeah. Blanc is down for a couple couple more days. We're adding servers, but uh, it's a very good series, and it cites the Smithsonian digs in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and also in Virginia. And those, uh, apparently the way you make these flint knives, it's very detailed, so they can back-engineer how they were made and... and uh, you know, they can tell that uh, it's a highly detailed process, the, the way you hold describe. the flint. Yeah, I'm sorry. There, yes. These these are, clo- we're talking here about Clovis spear points. Pre-Clovis. And Pre-Clovis these, huh? Well, I'll just talk Before about Clovis. Before 13,000 years. About, yeah. yeah, well, Clovis spear points are found throughout North America, and it was always assumed they came from Asia, but one of the main researchers went over there and found that, oh, no, they couldn't, Asians used a different technology than the technology which is uh, used to produce these Clovis spear points, which is kind of bifacial napping. Napping means chipping and they make big flakes, they make little indentations, and they make a flute in the center of, you think of an arrowhead, about four inches long, with a flute right in the middle. That's like a carved out shallow dish right in the middle where you would attach the stick and then bind it on, and then bifacial napping, and that's that's what creates this... A serrated uh, uh, blade. Yeah, serrated edges, and this is what you chuck at mammoths and stuff. Well, instead of being able to trace this big flake Clovis spearhead technology to Siberia, they traced it instead back to Europe. And they found that people were using that same big flake technique in Salutrian, France, 20,000 years yeah. ago. Iberia. By the way, that's... Iberia, not Siberia. The people yeah, who that... came to the Americans before the last Ice Age, when the Asians came over, were Europeans. So Europeans were here before the Asians came here. We are the true Native Americans, is what that means. Well, that changes everything, doesn't it? It changes uh, everything. <laughs> that that Salutrian no, area is on the uh, west coast of France, and in fact, there was an ancient geological collapse there. And you could look it up. And in fact, there are videos online, the YouTube and Pod Blanc. We got them. We have them. And uh, they have stone monoliths, Alex. And they have caves there. And they've explored these. And they're some of the oldest uh, formations known in, in, in the Western world. I mean, the oldest uh, archaeological remnants. And this is the same civilization that produced these these uh, knives you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very fast. Yeah. found all over North America. And, and just as a sign of how our government feels about the truth about white origins, which is a, you know, a microcosm of how it feels about the truth about race and about really everything, uh, white skeletons dating back to 9,400 years ago were found in, or a white skeleton was found in uh, 
Kennewick, Washington, and it had one of these spear points in its hip, and it dated 9,400 years ago. And I've said these these knives were used all the way back to 20,000 years ago in France. So there were the point is there were whites here throughout North America until the Asians came in and essentially killed off that that uh, killed them off. But the Kennewick uh, skeleton was found in a river in Washington, and it was studied by the scientists, and they they discovered that it was a white that it was a white man. It was a European in descent because there there are despite the leftist claiming that race doesn't matter or even doesn't exist, there are in fact very easy ways to tell races apart from just little bits of bone. And this guy, uh, James Chatters, established that it was in fact a white. Now, you will frequently see this Kennewick man referred to as an Asian or Polynesian as the Jewish media tried to deflect away from the truth. But Chatters has admitted to people in private that, yeah, he said that to get some of the political pressure off him. But in fact, this was a European. It was a white man that was here long before these things known as Native Americans today. But anyway, they they later came in as the the, uh, Ice Age ended 10,000 years ago. The Asians came in and apparently killed off the whites who had come over here from Europe. So that's what happened. We were the first ones to be genocided in America, and we were genocided by these Asians that came in. So don't believe the bullshit. And the area that this Kennewick man skeleton was discovered in Washington, the Clinton administration went in and dumped 500 t- tons of rock on it. So and the coconut fiber, which will leach down in there and ruin any yeah. any remains. That's their attitude towards facts and the truth. The Jewish attitude. We must destroy the white man's knowledge of his own origins. We must destroy him as a people. And just today I posted on VNN Forum, uh, I posted a a public service announcement from Norway and it shows a white woman and it shows and she's making all these nasty comments about blacks and this very intelligent black man looks very modest and is carrying a, a briefcase and there's she's zooming around trying to attack him or some white guy is this is how it feels to be black in Norway this is all aimed to undercut our race to claim it doesn't exist yet it exists and it's evil at the same time leftists are never bothered by contradictions anything Jews can do to destroy us to destroy our knowledge of our own origins to destroy our belief in ourselves as individuals and as people everything they will do to physically destroy us by sicking these inferior mud races on us they do that and they cover up the results they lie about everything this is the country we live in today and we just saw that in the ron paul how they lied in the media day after day to us all so that's sure fresh in our memories yeah yeah well uh looking at again across the pond in germany and lying uh we have here the headline holocaust provisionist lawyer jail and this is uh, a german court has sentenced the former lawyer of ernst sundell to three and a half years <coughs> in prison in prison for denying the Holocaust herself. This is Sylvia Stoltz. Uh, so even the lawyer of Sundal is now being thrown in jail uh, for supposedly denying the Holocaust. So, yeah, she uh, Stoltz called the Holocaust, quote, the biggest lie in world history, unquote. I would say that's accurate. I want to draw attention at VNInform.com. I set up a new sub forum. It's basically an archive for free speech martyrs, and Sylvia Stoltz and Ernst Zendel figure in there prominently. They are victims of these thought crimes laws that the Jews have gotten passed in a lot of Europe, in, in uh, for example, France, Germany, Austria, and I think another eight states in Europe, it is illegal to, you know, some variant of shedding doubt on the Holocaust, which is basically whatever organized Jew Jewry wants to claim about World War II. If you, if you express any doubt about their view or you express a dissenting opinion, you can get thrown in jail. This woman was a lawyer of a guy who got thrown in jail for five years. She gets thrown in jail for three and a half years. Why? Because she doesn't hate Germany like the, like the tools now, now running Germany do. She's standing up and defending Germany against these historical lies 
lies perpetrated by the Jews, or I shouldn't say historical, these lies perpetrated by the Jews as history, when in fact the Jews know that they are lying. She says, how can one deny something that never existed? She made the beautiful statement, and it's chronicled here in, on VNN. You have a record of it in the thread called Germany. Sylvia Stolz's last words in court. No, yes, yes. yes. This, is, this is, you want to know what a big lie is, you people out there? If we have new listeners, and I know we do, uh, you've heard the term big lie, but you probably never thought about what it meant. There was a time when I was in my early 20s, and uh, the guy, oh, I forget his name, he used to run those advertisements about the Holocaust and, and doubting it. Bradley Smith, Committee for Open Debate on the Holocaust, he used to run these advertisements. Our newspaper paper rejected it. I had a Jewish female editor and I thought, oh, that's reasonable. I can see where she wouldn't want to run something that was questioning the Holocaust. I mean, it's obviously true and who could doubt it? And I'm a smart guy. I went to a, a very high-end college. Never even occurred to me that someone could lie about such a thing, right? That's what a big lie is. It's so big that simple little you can't conceive that it could be lied about. But yet that's the very thing that allows the big lie to be put across. They can lie about the Holocaust. The Holocaust is an invention of Jewish communists. They claimed it during World War I. In their own books, they claimed that the Romans killed billions. I'm not exaggerating. Literally billions of Jews back in Roman times. They claimed in World War One that six million Jews were killed. They claimed in World War Two that six million Jews were killed. Yeah, in the Bible, there's so many lies. Lie. Yeah, it's all these Malthusian, the, all these, all these guys lived to be 900 years old. What the fuck is that? When I was a little kid, I used to ask my mom, "Why? What happened? You know, why, why, why did we go downhill so quick? <laughs> you know, what happened? Yeah. Eight, 800 years of life. It's just a lot of poppycock crap. You know, you might as well be reading Mother just Goose. Come on, lies. people. They have the records from these camps, and they found that yeah, there were a few tens of thousands of people who died and many of them were Jews but they they weren't dying from being gassed nobody was gassed they were dying from being sick and just general bad wartime conditions yeah maybe true right? you've got the allies bombing all, the, all the railroad tracks you've got them bombing all the population centers they hardly have any food and yet they still somehow manage to keep, keep fairly sane stable and sanitary conditions at these camps where they're keeping people like some Jewish communists and, and other criminals who are disrupting their war they did not kill any six million Jews they certainly didn't gas and the actual numbers are known and what they've done is they've not only thrown in jail anybody who expressed a dissenting opinion they've thrown in jail men who have carried out forensic procedures to prove that they did not gas people fred luchter an american engineer is one example they they didn't throw him in jail but what they did was they uh discredited him and prevented him from getting work in his field, which was making executions more humane, he went over there and tested for cyanide, and 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 had the had the rock that he chipped out of Auschwitz sent to a private lab, which proved there was no cyanide uh, used in the walls of what the Jews said were gas chambers. Another guy um, currently in jail is a German PhD a chemist named Germar Rudolph, who's in jail for essentially proving the Holocaust never happened. It's a giant lie. They didn't gas anybody. You know what? If they had truth on their side, you better believe they would have got it out. <laughs> to defame this guy. And if they had truth on their side, you wouldn't find all these people called revisionists, or as I would I would think they should call themselves factualists because they stick to the facts. And then they say they're Nazis, they're racists, they're haters. Most of these people, they're actually liberals, or they're simply just honest men. There is no political unity in the people who've been thrown in jail for doubting the Holocaust. They're simply a basic Aryan honesty, is I guess the way I would put it. A basic Aryan honesty and a dislike of being defamed that makes them look to establish the actual facts 
facts before they start making opinions about it. And when you actually look to establish the facts, you find that the Holocaust fades off into thin air. Because it's a bunch, as she says, it's the biggest lie in world history. And these same Aryans who, you know, they, they fight over a dime and they clip coupons and they want to be reimbursed for everything. And they can't believe how some Jew could invent a lie that would result in hundreds of billions of dollars flowing from stupid sucker goyim like themselves into Jewish purses. The Jews just laugh at you. They think you're idiots. We have a guy in BNN Forum who says, yeah, I used to work in a Jewish camp when I was a kid, and the kids would sit around talking about how their fathers had defrauded various people and laughing about it. Jews take pride in that. They take pride in themselves in lying and scamming people. Well, the Holocaust is the ultimate money scam in the same way that 911 is the ultimate act of chutzpah. The ultimate act of uh, terrorism. It's all, all these things are, are scams designed to fool us and to get us to waste our blood and treasure in defense of Israel. That is a foreign people. A people that is not only, they're, they're not only foreign, they're opposed to us. They're our enemy. The Jews are our enemy. They are not the chosen people of God. They are our enemy. That's just another scam that they use to trick you idiotic Christians and your bought preachers. For God's sakes, think. And by the way, if you're a 12 or a 14 or a 16 year old. Don't accept what your cock-sucking, cock-smoking preacher says. He's bought. If you admire any of these people like Sylvia Stoles or Ernst Zundel or Grammar Rudolph or, or Matt Hale or any of them, maybe you're a smart young kid who's on the internet and you're figuring things out, and you write him a letter, you'll be on a terrorist list. How's that? You'll say, I really admire your honesty for sticking up, even if you, th- even though you might be wrong. You might even write him that. Even though I think you might be wrong, or the, the, but you're, at least you're honest to speak your mind, they'll put you on a terror list. Here, you know? Here's the thing. An honest man can use evidence to prove his case. He doesn't need to lock anybody up. The truth does not require prison walls to defend itself. It self-defends. All you have to do is put it out there and say, no, here she wrong. Here's a list of 6 million people killed. Here's the blueprint of a gas chamber. Here's how they did it. Well, they can't do that. And that's why they lie. Oh, it's the most documented event in human history. Well, they're still they, having they more of these that precisely thing. because they have no documentation of it. All they have is a bunch of lying eyewitnesses. Some of these people will claim they were gassed multiple times. I mean, there, there, is, no, there is no ceiling to the ridiculousness of Jewish claims about what happened to them in World War II. Every single Alex, Jew would tell, oh, everybody in my family died except me. They have oh, officials from the so EU right history. now going to Israel, Alex, and, and they're exactly trying to stop what we're talking about on Goyfar and, and all over the Internet. They do not want us to fight back against them. They're going to criminalize that. They just put a, 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 the poster exterminus in jail in Canada for four months with 44 mm-hmm. days uh, time served. And then they fine him $6,000. Take all your computer equipment, you're isolated, then you cannot go on the internet for, for uh, who knows, five years, I've forgotten. Yeah. And they're doing this in country after country and case after case. And, uh, and Craig, that's, that's why I made in vnnforum.com, go to general discussion and under there and look under uh, free speech, look under speech martyrs. And I have these individual cases sticky. For those of you who are honest and you're starting to wake up a little, you're a little concerned, you've never really heard of this stuff, it sounds kind of wild and crazy. Look, like I say, it's doubt us. Feel free to doubt what we're saying, but go double check what we're saying, read up, and you will see in one place all these people who've all been thrown in jail. And what have they been thrown in jail for? For. Like Craig says, maybe they're printing the facts about race and crime in Toronto and they're thrown in jail. They're exposing minorities to hate. Maybe they're disputing a fact of World War II history and they're thrown in jail for years. Why? Because they have an opinion that has been outlawed. Why is the opinion outlawed? Well, you don't outlaw lies. If, if this woman is lying, if these guys are lying, if these chemists are lying, these engineers are lying, well, then that, that ought to be pretty easy to prove. The Jews control the media. They can pr- trot the truth right on out there. 
No, they don't. All they trot out is a long string of adjectives. Sometimes, as you may or may not know, criminals will pretend to be your friend. Have you ever had that happen? You know, someone call you up cold on the phone and say something, and then later you read in the paper that they were a big uh, a criminal scan, you know, an un unlicensed contractor, you name it. You know, somebody who tries to get on your door and... Uh, get you to write a check for a charity that doesn't exist. This is really what Jews are doing. They mask this to be tikkun olam, which is their word for improving the world. And if you're gullible enough to believe this, and if you're gullible enough to believe all these fairy tales in the Bible about people living eight and nine hundred years and blowing horns and the walls fall down, and all this kind of poppycock, well then you'll go for this too. And if you believe that orthodoxy that 2,000 years later still hangs on, you'll probably believe the orthodoxy that mean people or people who are too critical of other people should not be allowed to quack. That's terrible. That's one of the worst things. Of course, unless you're a nigger singing about hip-hop, that's great. Throw them $10 million. But it's going to continue. And uh, as I was mentioning uh, just a few moments ago, they have these, I think they're called Helsinki conferences or something. In any case, all they are is EU officials now scouring all around. And where do they go, the fount of all this teaching? They fly straight into Israel and they're... Uh, they're tutored by some sort of Israeli expert. Uh, you know, the Holocaust is thrown in. You name it. And Mossad is also uh, one <laughs> entity that is also very busy around the world. They're probably the ones that just recently cut that cable going into Iran, that undersea cable. And why? Because the Germans were forced to give them several submarines, very high-tech submarines, by which they could easily accomplish that task. Yeah, I mean, the and, uh, Jews, they're such humanitarians. They're, they're walling in Gaza. They're, yeah, know. the new wall for Egypt now, too, Ages. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're blowing up uh, the, the, the fences that yeah. surround them to get critical items such as gasoline and, uh, and, and fresh water and, and other things. Cement. I saw part of that video, guys, were just hauling mm -hmm. cement in, in, on, in donkeys uh, or on mm -hmm. donkeys to build things. And yeah, these Bush are the humanitarians that are going to lecture the EU about... Um, oh, yeah. But, but they're able to do it because they foist themselves off as being the most swell, uh, egalitarian, equalitarian, the best kind of person you just want to have around at all times. And they, they do oftentimes have a patina of, uh, well, I won't call it self-effacing, but, uh, you know, genial, very genial, very relational, very friendly. And uh, they're the most political people on earth by far, by far. There's just hands down no comparison whatsoever with anybody. The, the people running Clinton's uh, campaign are Jews, uh, uh, at least the wife of, of, the, of the lead guy. Uh, but I mean, she's very political. Now, I mean, yeah. well, they're always trying to make the association that anyone who's anti-Israel is a neo-Nazi. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and and politics is the organization of people along group interests. Well, what group? What, what, as a group, what is the United States? As Alex said, it's just an amorphous big mass of. Uh, you know, show me the money, and we've got the money, but uh, there's no unifying factor. And how can anybody believe that all these ideas about truth, idealism, freedom, and all this nonsense? Uh, th there's no United States. Yeah, I mean, it exists, and they had a history. We had a history, particularly pre-1965, but with the increase of information, it's really quite changed. There are institutions and there are corporations that produce pretty marvelous products, and there are no doubt. And there's a ruling class of very uh, moneyed people. Uh, I would say under them, a ruling class of very uh, highly scientifically educated people. But a lot of what they're producing is war armaments to just wipe out <laughs> literally millions of people. How can a people who just killed 1.2 million people consider themselves moral? I mean, there's a conundrum for you, but they don't have any problem in the United States. And then they're looked upon even now. I, Europeans really look down on them. And, and they're gonna, there's going to be like a white di diaspora. I think there really is now. 
And in the United States, it's in, it's in the uh, worst advanced stages because at least over here in these smaller European countries, they can have their small uh, nationhood and their idea of, they know their history back to 1200 or, you know, pre that. In fact, it goes back to Neolithic times. But what I mean is there's some continuity of a people there. And, and uh, Americans have been told that they should take pride that they don't have that continuity or they have that, but they also have all this other wonderful diversity, which is all just a lot of, when you get right down to it, boil it down, it's constant barragement with media, which has affected people's minds. And uh, this is why, uh, I know this is why in Paul Blanc, and I'm sure VNN too, they want to increase media. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pissing in the wind, but uh, we don't have much choice except to do it. We're an extreme minority on the planet, 8% of the people, and we have the right to continue, and we have the right to, you know, keep ourselves the same way as the Jews. There have been recent articles, in fact, one Jew on uh, VNN, uh, or pardon me, on Podblanc, edit that, just please. There's a guy on YouTube who's making very teaching videos about this, and he says, what about if an Englishman were simultaneously a Frenchman and simultaneously a German and simultaneously American, and he could just fly in and out of these countries? Yes, first and most of all, he was an Englishman, but he also could go to all these other countries, just go in seamlessly and do business. Well, this is how the Jews are operating in the United States. The Israelis, people like Shertoff, are literally dual citizens. They have the papers. It's not just that their mothers by the right of return. They have the papers. Yeah, that was uh, the Dietrich Eckhart. Vid, uh, that went up to Bob, exactly. where he yeah. mentions uh, the, the the World Congress of Jewry in Philadelphia in 1919, mm-hmm. which stipulates that Jews are or mm-hmm. citizens in the countries they live and every other country as well. Every other country. Well, here's yeah, the thing. Know, I mean, uh, th- this is a. I mean, it's a neat trick if you can pull it. I'd love that. You fly all well, over all the white countries and say I'm home. Good points about dual citizens, and you know, you, a lot of this you, you read between the lines. And sometimes those of you who aren't fully Jew aware, pay attention to this. You'll see, like the Jews at ADL have a special report on Venezuela and Chavez, and they don't like him because he's had the cops go in and bust the Jewish center a couple of times looking for guns because the Jews are very hostile to Chavez because he's friendly with Iran and he's anti-U.S. and they run the U.S. And, you know, you'll, you'll see little remarks like, well, if the Jews feel particularly fed up there, that a lot of them will just go up to Miami or, or southern Florida. And, uh, you, you know, you never, never, it's just assumed like Jews can go wherever they want to go and move there and there's no problem. But whites can't simply leave South Africa and go to Britain. But Jews always, they always have special laws because they have such a strong lobby. They pass these special laws that allow them basically to go anywhere in the world with full legal rights and, in fact, more privileges than the native citizens have. Right, instant welfare, uh, and, and instant welfare. Yeah, they had uh, they have Jackson Vanek Amendment, so the special rules for getting Jews out of the Soviet Union. Yeah, and coming to the U.S. And, then, and special tax laws for so-called Holocaust victims, where they don't have to pay money for any kind of the restitutions. I mean, it, it's a bunch of garbage. There, I want to make one more point about the Sylvia Stoles, the use of the photos. Like we saw when I was in court, you know, they had the one of the guy hectoring me with his finger. Is what it appeared to be, and it was deliberately staged and set up that way uh, by the uh, court reporter and the, uh, the guys with the local news channel. Well, here, here they have Sylvia Stoltz, and they have a picture of her looking real smug and superior-like, so that the average guy thinks, there, she's getting her haughty attitude goeth before a fall. Now, how do you like being in jail, bitch? Every person during the day, there's, there are times when they make different faces, and they always use the ones that make the white person look bad. So instead of saying, oh, there's a, poor, there's a nice, nice-looking uh, middle-aged woman who's clapped in jail for having an opinion for three years, instead of thinking that, you you think, oh, good, they're cutting her down to size. Deny the Holocaust, will you, bitch? See how you enjoy bread and water for the next three and a half years. So always be aware of how you're being manipulated. 
to the extent you possibly can. And if you're reading mainstream so-called stuff, you are being manipulated. Right. Even as even on all the way down to the pictures you see and in, in the pictures they, you they, don't see. Yeah. Oh, very definitely down to the pictures. Starting with the pictures. I mean, always question yourself: Why is the story framed in this way, and how might it be otherwise framed? Holocaust revisionist lawyer <laughs> jailed. Uh, what's the bottom line here? She is being put in jail for expressing an opinion. Why isn't it a free speech issue? Why isn't it framed as a matter of free speech versus Jewish dictatorship? You know, doesn't Germany have written into it its its, uh, its law that it's uh, it has freedom of opinion? Well, of course it does. Well, doesn't that conflict with throwing someone in jail for uh, for holding a, an opinion? Well, of course well, it does. They've succeeded in, in scaling down the first their the, their equivalent to their freedom of speech for our First Amendment. And as they do that to us, just as they did with the Second Amendment, that'll, that's what they'll do with H.R. 1955 and S. 1959. And uh, yeah, once they, it gets there... Th- yeah. Think about this, people listening to this. The Jews always try to chip away at freedoms they don't like, because the freedoms are Aryan, and Jews are natural totalitarians. They have something like 613 commandments that they're supposed to follow. That's what the Torah is. It's a bunch of rituals guiding every single itty-bittiest aspect of daily life. Well, they want that for non-Jews. That's what they want for Jews. They want 619 times 10 for non-Jews. They want to control every little thing you do. And that's why they want centralized power, because that's the only way they can enforce these controls. Make sure that everybody talks, thinks, and acts and behaves the way that is seen fit by the Jews ruling the society. That means holding the right opinions. And if you don't, you better shut up. You're going to be clapped in jail like Sylvia Stoltz and Ernst Zundel. And uh, the point I want to make is if there are existing freedoms, the Jews come into a settled situation and they mess it up. The settled situation they came into the U.S. was that we had a Bill of Rights that included freedom of speech. It secured freedom of speech and it secured the right to bear arms. So what do they do? Well, they, they chip away at it. They say, well, the, you know, there's free speech. Free speech means pornography. Now, they don't put it like that, but that's how they act. Free speech means Larry Flint and his right to publish a picture of, you know, the late Jerry Falwell's mother sitting in an outhouse toilet. That's free speech. They try to redefine free speech as pornography, and they try to define political speech as hate. And with guns, what do they do? Well, well, let's let's call them assault. It's an animalistic approach. They want an anthropomorphic approach. They want to turn inanimate objects into criminals and turn criminals into passive victims. So they never blame niggers for anything. They blame guns. It's always gun crime and assault guns that are the problem. So it's not, you know, we don't want to ban free speech. We want to ban hate speech. They create these subsets of something existing and protected and use that as a way to put that part off. Oh, this isn't speech. It's hate speech or it's commercial speech. We don't want to ban guns. We just want to ban assault guns, assault rifles. Guns can't assault anybody without human finger pulling the trigger. So you have to be aware of how they use these these terms. They design these terms to fool you and to manipulate you into yielding your rights and your money and your power to them. If they have the money and they have the media and they have the guns, what do you have? You have chains around your ankles and around your wrists. That's the situation they attempt to put us into first yeah. verbally and then physically. Right. Well, we have we have a story um, from down under uh, that is Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. The headline is Judge blocks Holocaust float. There will be no simulated pile of naked corpses and no dancing Hitler at the world's biggest street party. A judge yesterday blocked a carnival float meant to show the Holocaust. The Rio Samba group responsible for the float said it was designed to remind carnival goers of past (laughs) horrors to stop them from happening again. Jewish leaders were outraged. 
you know what? It's unfortunate we don't have the other story that has the words of the judge because basically he said Jews are offended by this, so it can't be allowed. I mean, what what fucking law is that? You know, so here's these these idiotic brown people who are innocently trying to trying to placate the. Oh yeah, you know we make a float. You know, you can just imagine that. I, there is a picture on the web of the float. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> the corpses are kind of brown, by the way. The, the yeah, yeah, there's brown. these brown piled up emaciated corpses, and then you know, just imagine this in the midst of the crazy carnival parade. I mean, it would have been the funniest thing on earth, and the Jews correctly realize what a ridiculous. <laughs> This would have been the one accurate staging of the Holocaust. You know, the carny float. The one thing that put it in the right <laughs> the context of these Browns innocently stumbled into being kind of stupid. The Jews were offended. They raced to a judge, and the judge blocked it for no real legal reason, just because the Jews were going to be offended. And, I think and we, that's had a, we had to put a, we have. We had to put a few hundred well, of those the, plastic mannequins in a cattle truck and drive it around with the Kenworth in the U.S. See, uh, see if you get out of one state before they give you ten years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what's the Greek word for rule by Jewish whim? <laughs> Jewish velleity. There's a good vocabulary word. This Valeity. slight inclination of velleity. You know, whatever they want. Oh, you know, we'll just cook up a lot on the spot, ex post facto, and we'll declare it illegal. That same school down there now they've they've changed their thematic to free speech they're doing something having to do with free speech so they did react to it uh, but they were uh, uh, totally ingenuous at first as i understood it they weren't mocking or anything and you know i looked at videos by the way of, i think it was ap or reuters of that uh, fair and i thought what you know it would zoom in it would show like a a white man dancing with a black or something you know then zoom in and then zoom out I thought, this looks just like the United States. This might be L.A. or New York or, you know, you name it, St. Louis, <laughs> Atlanta. You yeah, know, well, it's about I mean, half it's black, just... about third white, and the rest of them kind of mixed brown. And This is carnival. I mean, this is a wild, crazy brown mixed with black. You know how Brazil is? It's got a lot of black, uh, black background. Most of the slaves didn't go to the U.S. They went to the Caribbean and to uh, South America. So you've got all these crazy black and brown people and flowers and people stripped because it's hot and they're dancing around crazily. And then you've got the Holocaust, which, you know, we were supposed to pull the long face and cry the tears and put on a little hate hat and, and go, wow, 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 yeah, they killed God's people. So you, it's kind of a juxtaposition. They don't really go together that well unless you appreciate irony and truth. <laughs> little Sam the Holocaust is a giant fucking joke. the rest of humanity. So imagine these big, these big bootied Brazilian dancers who are, you know, 45, 50s, completely naked, dancing around. And then this fucking float of these dead rat Jews piled up on a fucking box. I mean, it's too goddamn funny, really. It's genius, it, it really I tell you. Funny. Genius. They should have played Every Party Every Party Loves a Pooper. That's why I invited you on the top of that float out of Big Megaphone or something. That would have been fun. Here, okay, I find another one. Let me let me read some of these quotes here. See, Rio's two-night samba parade features thousands of scantily clad and elaborately plumed dancers. I mean, this is like... Or some, or some Vegas show, strip show, right? <laughs> so you, you get the... Okay, let, let me see here, because there's, there's some quotes here. Jewish leaders were outraged. The Jewish Federation of Rio de Janeiro sued under federal laws prohibiting Nazi propaganda and racism in Brazil. So, see, I didn't even know they had those laws down there. It is inadmissible that they could have a float depicting dead Jews and a live Hitler on top of them, said Federation spokesman Jose Reutberg. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine this pile of dead Jews and Hitler dancing on top of them. I mean, that's a totally Latin-like conception of, uh, I mean, show respect for the victims. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you gotta admit that would have been fucking classic, though. Uh, they had the whole thing the built. And everything. Video circulating the, uh, yeah. Now wait oh, yeah. though, hold on. The designer of the float, Paulo Barros, Paulo Barros, Paulo Barros, wept as workers tore it apart and said oh, the group meant God. no disrespect by depicting Holocaust victims. This is an extremely serious work, and people think we're mocking. He said, tears streaming from his eyes. We're going to speak now of the Rio de Janeiro State Judge Juliana Calic Calic's time. Now what kind of a Brazilian? Yeah, there, there's a classic Brazilian name, Calicstein, K-A-L-I-C-H-S-Z-T-E-I-M, called the float a clear trivialization of barbaric events. Oh, Carnival should not be used as a tool for the cult of hate, any form of racism, that the judge said. I mean, what a, what an absolute joke. So, so basically, you know, they, they, dis they disallowed this float. This guy put his, his, his uh, all of his artistic talent <laughs> into creating. Well, they not only disallowed I mean, it, but they ordered it destroyed. You guys, Byron was telling me, Byron was telling me about this new film. It was at uh, Robert Redford's uh, Idaho thing up there. Is, uh, or, or is it Sundance, what, right? Sundance, pardon me, not Idaho. Sundance in Utah, not Idaho. Yeah, yeah right, right. I get them mixed up. Anyway, uh, he had uh, this, you made this film. It's Mondo Baller or something it's called. And I looked it up. And he talking about one Jew moving. So his dad, I think, was from New York City, Brooklyn or something. He decided to move to Rio de Janeiro. So he just ups and moves. So the son goes down and visits him. So he's looking around Rio and everything. And he realizes how different the society is. So he does a story about how the people down there they have to the, the rich people get around by helicopter why because there are too many kidnappings down on the street so all these high rises have helipads all on top of them see and then up on yeah. top on vnnforum.com they had the uh, the picture of the slums up on the hillside they said it's the slum with the best view in the world looking out over the atlantic you know the blue atlantic and, uh, and, and they're up there with mudslides. And then also, as part of the theme of this movie, the Jew had a frog farm that some corrupt guy had used to funnel, uh, you know, money stolen from the government. He was a government official. And in the frog farm, they were cannibals. And so the big frogs would eat the little frogs. And I thought, well, there's a sort of an allegory for Jewish power in the world. And uh, or metaphor, and uh, and and, and so uh, this was the whole thing of the movie, you know. And it's got a lot of flash, fast graphics and everything. And it's really look. There's no Brazil coming to the United States. The United States is Brazil. What the fuck's the difference? Tell me, you know. Uh, I think yeah, the economy's like on that. a more solid footing. In, in yeah, Brazil's a little stronger down there with their new oil find offshore and their weapons yeah hey i found a little more on this now let's see okay each group chooses the theme reflected in music costumes and floats vera duro which is scheduled to parade early monday chose a theme it gives you goosebumps featuring floats depicting the shock of birth and cold along with a pile of holocaust victims although the samba group refused to say whether it had planned to have a dancing hitler it was listed in the official parade description as part of the float according to Kalik's times decision that's the judge the group would face fines of 113,000 if it ignored her order by parading with the mannequins and 28,000 for each dancer dressed as Hitler. <laughs> Do you mean they had, they had uh, multiple Hitlers dancing? Wow. Well, I mean, if one dancing Hitler is good, Craig. I mean, <laughs> 28,000. have too many dancing Hitlers. Man, Charlie Chaplin will be doing a long prison term these days, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's cheap for a, a Hitler impersonator. What's the going rate in Hollywood? It's at least 50000 You know, we raised $150,000. They could parade one uh, one float full of uh, mannequins pretending to be Jewish corpses <laughs> and uh, one dancing Hitler on top of it. <laughs> You know, contrasting oh, this, if I could tell you, if I could relate a little happier story that's a little similar, 
Over in Venice at their carnival, they had rapper Coolio lowered where they usually had a traditional white angel. So they sent Coolio over there in some oversized, super dark shades and lowered him down like a monkey. It was hilarious. I saw the video. And so this Mm. is what the world's coming to. Yeah. Yeah, real symbolic. Well, anyway, uh, speaking of nigger normal, we have uh, the French vote passed on EU treaty. Uh, This is in Sarko's France. Uh, More than 900 MPs and senators voted on Monday to delete a reference in the French Constitution to the ill-fated EU Constitutional Treaty. A no vote in France and the Netherlands in in 2005 sounded the death knell for the EU Constitution. France is due to complete ratification of the new treaty this week. Although most socialists abstained, five 560 MPs and senators voted in favor of the amendment, and another 181 opposed it, easily passing the necessary 60% margin required. Although opinion polls in France suggest the majority of voters would prefer to have another referendum, Sarko has called for a speedy ratification before France takes on the EU presidency in July. And what does the Constitution say? You can't talk against me. You can't. But what does this mean? mean to us people yeah. what does it mean to whites yeah well we have identity sovereignty and tradition group within the eu but they don't seem to be doing much because they just passed that hate law that it's going to take effect now in about 18 months after all the uh what is it 23 member states ratify it and they can put us in prison for i think it's one year minimum one to seven years at least one year i think it starts out across six months the, across the eu yeah now, and so if you run down niggers you run down jews or you fight back is what it comes down to as you you've often said uh, yeah. what, what, what do you say if you can't talk about it it's not freedom and, and if you fight back against the jews it's hate those are two of your favorite yeah. sayings i hope i'm not paraphrasing paraphrasing them too badly That's, but what laws does estonia have and is estonia part of the eu i'm revealing yeah, estonia is part of the eu but Estonia has these things, but they don't enforce them, and curiously, they haven't bothered me, and I think because they have a strong recognition of people's cultural rights for example i've been to uh, i went to one place here the uh, some artists had a uh, they had a you know a little performance and they they allowed them to set up a little private bar and the same thing for bikers i was at one of those and uh, in my case i'm telling you i was inculcated people my age alex and even some your age we were inculcated with this first amendment it was like a quasi religion when you're a kid sixth seventh grade Junior high, I mean, uh, ninth grade, seventh, ninth grade are two of the big boosts. I mean, we had major, major hours of lectures about this. And I'm sorry, but I really believe it, you know. It's just Aryan tradition, and it's what I believe, and also as a creator. So, but Estonia hasn't enforced a lot of the laws. There's some left on from Soviet times about uh, uh, being critical of other people. But this new law, look, the EU controls the most powerful country, currency in the world. Now, I would say in light of what's happening, it happened to the dollar and what people know about it. In my opinion, the, 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 uh, even in the markets, the, the euro is more powerful than the dollar. So now they have this right federal now. organization, and as you say, this is what Jews like. So they get these officials from the EU. They're flying into Israel, for Christ's sakes. What the fuck are they going to Israel for? Little well, I, well, okay, okay. I want to get know. from ages. What, what does this mean to white people? Let's look at it like a Jew. What, is this good for Jews? Is it good, <laughs> what, is it good for whites? What does uh, this mean? Well, basically, it, it means it, it's, it's, it's a furtherance of a supranational governmental layer of bureaucrats and their constitution, which was not, I repeat, not ratified, 
by a popular referendum either in France or in the Netherlands. That means the people rejected it. They rejected this constitution. Yeah, okay. They didn't. So, so are they trying to slam something onto the people of Europe against their wishes? That's but in their name? Yeah, that's you it. You mean like immigrants? It sounds like countries? the United States, for Christ's yeah. sakes. <laughs> we have affirmative action, open borders, and crazy foreign wars, regardless of what the people want. Yeah, and so basically it's, it's just uh, them overriding the will of the people. And on a mass scale, I mean, Europe has never been this subject. Okay, just now, now tell me. Now, as an American, I don't know very much. I live out here in, let's say, uh, Kansas. Yeah. That's the ticket. <laughs> Let's say I don't know jack shit about squad other than uh, pulling the tops off corn, which I believe is now automated. But uh, anyway, are there any countries in Europe that are not part of the EU? Sure. Uh, well, the Switzerland is theoretically still uh, not part of... Norway, Moldova, Norway's not Montenegro. Part. Are there campaigns in those countries to become part of the EU, or are they pretty much happy with the way things are? Both. Uh, I mean, they're getting pressured internally and externally to conform to EU norms, which of course are norms only because they've been created out of thin air. So, for example, Switzerland is being pressured by the, the, the EU-controlled banks to give up its uh, privacy policies in regards to positors. They want to know who's depositing money in Switzerland, for example. Uh, are they veiling that as an anti-terror measure? or? Of course, yeah, anti-terror and also... Uh, That'd be parallel means, to our a means, Patriot Act. Stuff right, over just, here. just the fighting criminality in general, tax evasion, yeah. etc. Yeah. Just as we have in the United States, they're a seamless thing all over the world. Just as the Russian Jews, the Jimmy Carter Jews, a lot of them are billionaires. I researched that billionaire list on uh, Forbes's 40 of the top 100 billionaires are, are Jews in the United States. And a lot of those, Alex and Aegis, are Russian Jews. And, and you know what? I was reading an article, too. Uh, gosh, I think it was one of them you linked, Alex. And it said that in Israel itself, 4.8 of the 5.4 or 5.6 million Jews there are Russian and Pole Jews. So they're, they're just a, it's just like a huge international-wide criminal syndicate. And then they get F-15s from the United States, and they can go bomb these poor peasants. They control the whole city of Hebron in the West Bank, the center of the city. And Bush was just there, and he says, oh, yeah, they have to have it set up, all these checkpoints. It's unbelievable. Have you seen a map of, of the West Bank? I mean, it, it just looks like a... I don't know. It looks like a digital chip or something. Only the lines are all diagonal and they're all, you know, everything's mm -hmm. control, controlled. Even leftists are waking up to it. But the, but the problem is, is how do you get rid of these people? You try to talk against them and you're evil. And, and they get these kids to believe this crap. Yeah, it's got to be done one at a time on the Internet. I mean, this new hate bill that they have. And they said, you know, we have ceded this new area to, you know, our opposition, but there's no need for this to be a permanent condition. This needn't be a permanent condition. So that's how they look at the Internet. The Internet mm -hmm. got around them and allowed whites to communicate with whites without a Jewish filter, and they want to change that. Mm -hmm. How do they do that? Well, they excite public fears of terrorism. And well, 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 Joe Average, well, Joe Public, this is a way that uh, these radicals, these crazy people, these Arabs and these crazy Nazi evil, ra just watch TV, you'll see what I mean. This is how they radicalize people. They use the Internet to talk to them, teach them very dangerous stuff. So we really need to clamp down on the Internet. So that's the Jewish tack. Yeah. So when people think that it's really not global control, I mean, they, they, make, they have comedians laughing at this stuff about, uh, we, we say it's global control, despite the fact that we can show all the billionaires, all the Zionist money, all the support they made, the Bronfen family, predicting the Iraq war before, and Les Wexner, who owns the Victoria's Secret, 
in that, that thing called emet, E-M-E-T, which I think means supposedly truth in, in Yiddish or Hebrew. Uh, Hebrew. And, uh, you know, we just showed one fact after the other, and we've just seen the demonstration with how they iced out Ron Paul very assiduously and methodically. Uh, well, you're just a tinfoil hat-wearing nut, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, they, they do have us on one thing. We're kind of like white peons, uh, the most of us. But we're numerically there are a lot of us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you popped at bolts to respond to anyone who questions the official line. Yeah, as a, a, a raving nut, a wing nut, a moon bat, conspiracy <laughs> theorist, or yeah. a tinfoil hat wearer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should it, say it, and instead of or. <laughs> we could convert to Judaism and enjoy the the fruits, but uh, but they don't take convertees. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for those you didn't. You know, we were talking about a story on Free Talk Live the other night about uh, actually a, a few carloads of niggers from Cairo, Illinois, of all places, uh, have converted to Judaism. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah, I co- I post a couple links from some uh, Jewish light or something at some St. Louis Jewish paper, and some of these Jews are even naive. Oh, we need to help our newfound brethren. <laughs> uh, you can you can bet your bottom dollar they'll be available to accept all help. Hey, well, hey, Jim, we, we have. Had a video up. What was that? The it was like either the Black Gangster Disciples or what was that? There was yeah. a church in New York City where they all had. The, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, they all dressed dressed like the pharaohs. You guys have to see that. I've forgotten the name of it, but it was pretty popular. Yeah, they have the Star and, of David everywhere. Yeah, the guy tried to shake hands. They sent that Thoreau's kid, Thoreau the travel writer. You know his huh. kid. Some say he's a Jew. The same one who interviewed April. Huh? And uh, uh-huh. yeah, and, the BBC. Report. Yeah, I don't think he is. I think he's just French. But anyway, uh, I used to think he was. But anyway, he goes into New York City. It's just hilarious and they're browbeating about about how who they say was a black and then they said the one guy says i'll tell you somebody who's a black he says he looks white he sings black and uh, everybody thinks he's white and it's uh tom jones (laughs) 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 they had everybody henry the eighth he's black i think on and on and on they shakespeare he's black (laughs) who was white Uh, i'm trying to sing about Nixon, he was white, I think. Must be a nigga. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. So some people say Obama's going to have an all-black Secret Service guard. I don't think it'll be that bizarre, but... Yeah. Well, before we get back to the States, we still have one European story. Russia reports baby boom in 2007. Uh, Moscow, the Health and Social Development Minister, said Friday that in 2007, Russia had the highest number of births since 1991. Mm-hmm. Russia has not seen such a baby boom for 15 years, the highest number of births. Since 1991, uh, saying uh, that 1.6 million babies were born last year, up 122,750 against 2006. Remember, they had the drive. They paid people to have babies. Yeah, the official praised presidential maternity incentives improved last year, including higher payments for mothers of children under 18 months, benefits for unemployed mothers, and payouts of about $9,500 for the birth of two or more children. That's great. Just just think what it would be like out there, guys, if all these uh, model types and everything were all uh, cavorting around, you know, your local hood. <laughs> Instead of fat yeah. Hottentots and Mexican beaver squaws. Maria Sharapovas. Yeah. It's think how easy it be to get a girlfriend. They'd probably be fighting over you. But no. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. You know, it's, it's a proven principle. What you tax, you get less of. What you subsidize, you get more of. Now, you can use your money. You can take money from whites and civilized colonies of savages. Or you can take money from whites and, and subsidize uh, colonies of uh, t- whites, of humans. They That's pay them right here in Estonia. They pay doing. these girls for the first year, I think. I think it's one year. And they give them something like 
450 a month, which you can live on here. You know. So they're saying, that, okay, so it also says Russia's population currently about 142 million could fall by 30% by the middle of the century. And what you always see in these problems, dem- demography is destiny. Yeah, it's destiny if it keeps going in that direction. But people can cha- change their behavior, and tax incentives are one way to get them to do that. Maybe not even the best way, but simply providing for their physical security and giving them a reason to think they have a future will get them to breed, let alone the tax incentives. And we saw it both ways. In Nazi Germany, people bred far more than they did in Catholic Germany beforehand or Jew-controlled Weimar Germany beforehand because the future looked brighter. Yeah, amazing. And they also had incentives amazing, for whites. Amazing, isn't it? So, yeah. So they they have a birth rate go up by about 10% when they put in a simple tax. What Putin has also done, the future looks better because he's gotten them out of debt. We talked earlier in the program today about the U.S. being like having... 53 trillion in unfunded uh, liabilities. That is expenses that we are going to owe by law. Uh, that's what entitlement means. It means if you fit the conditions, you qualify. Well, we qualify, our government qualifies on the back end of owing those entitlements to the tune of 53 trillion. Well, Putin has got Russia out of debt on the, on the, on the foreign trade. Russia yeah, is trade out surplus. of debt. It has natural gas, it has gas, it has oil, and it's now out of debt and has a trade surplus where we have a huge trade deficit. We have China. We borrow money from China to finance foreign wars that are good for Israel, that kill our own people, while Russia is getting out of debt. It's making agreements with people. It has a sane, stable, intelligent leader, and its people are breeding. Mm-hmm. So Russia's doing, doing better than the U.S. And, and you know, they are confident and happy. Have you watched their shows on TV here? My, my landlady has it. I watched it on cable. There's beautiful six-foot chicks up there dancing, singing New Year's. They're all toasting. Everybody's smiling. It's not a fake happiness. These people are on a huge upswing. I've been down to the train station, and I see them going off on the train to Moscow and into Russia. They're happy. I mean, they're happy. They're confident. You can just feel it. It's not like being in the Newark Airport or JFK or something or Atlanta. And, right, we all. see that their, their tennis players at the, at the Australian Open absolutely oh. loaded with wow. Russian and Serbian and Eastern European players. And they're, yeah. half of them, are, they're beautiful, tall, willowy, Nordic, yeah. the Rus in Russia, Nordic, uh-huh. blondes. I mean, the type Craig has, has gushed over for years. Just absolutely <laughs> beautiful Is it that specimens. Bad? <laughs> and not, not just beautiful, but hard-driven, tough people who are yeah. very good at what they do Mm -hmm. it's a a beautiful thing to see yeah and unfortunately these people were completely cut off from the rest of western europe behind the iron curtain of jewish tyranny and now just now they're coming to light again to to western (laughs) peoples as we fall into the abyss of jewish dictatorship well it's it's our job all of us that that, you know they had jewish dictatorship there but but they were so you know i don't know why they never tried the multiculturalism there the way they tried it here now certainly they're going to try it now but they didn't try it on their soviets i guess because the lenin's they had the commie system that's why yeah they well they had to they had to they were in danger of losing their revolution once it was achieved, so they had to basically put in a totalitarian government simply out of fear of being uh, re-revolutionized mm-hmm. by the white Russians, the good people. And so they kept, they kept that terror state in place for 70 years, and only now is it, has it weakened and let up. And I, I hope to God that Putin can continue to, to expand the population base. That's tr- absolutely tremendous. Uh, nearly, I would say, about a 6, 7, 8, 10% rise in the number of births in Russia. Simply by pulling the very simple and logical levers that motivate human beings. And And if you Americans think these people are stupid, you know, we just put up another, I know I'm talking about videos a lot, 
had Michio Kaku who wrote Hyperspace, and he has these carbon nanotube fibers, and, and we have the ability now to literally build an elevator into space. And uh, it's hard to explain, but because of the nature of these fibers, even as the Earth turns, it, it'll just whip around a little bit like a rope following. But uh, it's pretty fantastical and fantastic. Anyway, uh, this was discovered by Russians in like 1952 or something. You can look it up on Wikipedia. It's a carbon nanotube fiber. Sometime in the 50s. I might have missed it by a couple of years. It's in the 50s. And you know what? Then they ripped it off and said somebody else discovered it. But they admitted that the Russians were the first. And uh, we have another video. They show these Russian, this Russian jet fighter. And it's doing things that are just unbelievably beautiful. It, was, it looks like it's just stalling in midair. And then it does like a ballet and then does a drop and then it comes out of the drop it's just beautiful incredible uh, things that they're doing now americans build a lot of things too but imagine what our society in the united states would be like if we weren't dragged down by all this day-to-day -day racial conflict it just gets old it gets sick you know get out of here you people who want to live with them have a nice day have a nice century have a nice uh, you know diffusion into hell and oblivion <laughs> we That's, don't need you. you know just like these laws that crack down on people who express dissenting opinions if if the people who crack down had the truth on their side they could simply put it out there well if the people who pushing multiculturalism really believed it why why wouldn't they make it voluntary this yeah, is so right. great it's obvious people want it okay well make it voluntary and what you'll find is like i said you take the least attractive state in the union make it whites only and whites will flock there because multiculturalism is bullshit everybody knows it's bullshit it's intentional genocide against whites and i sure hope that those russians sell some of their new advanced fighters to iran and any other country that dares to stand up against the u.s That's israeli right. axis of evil putin says an attack on iran is attack on russia just like the u.s says that crap an attack on israel is attack on us you bet well you know this stuff's going to come to a head if we end up with a president like mccain yeah we're absolutely bent on starting wars well, you know, after after the the uh, absolute, uh, well, I don't know what you call it, the ruination of a civilization of Bush, uh, pretty close to it, and, and and the reason he thinks the way he does is because he has bizarro religious beliefs. That's the foundation of it, in my opinion. That's my opinion, but uh, I think he got an alcohol rehab. In any case, he, he, even Obama would probably look good for a while in contrast to Bush. So, uh, well, he wouldn't be any worse. He, he, at least on nine-tenths of the fronts, he wouldn't be any worse. And the racial stuff, he probably would. Yeah. He, he, it, the thing is, it doesn't matter. These politicians, only a white nationalist politician could save us. It's an, the problems that we have, the, the, the crises that they point to, these are caused by the government. They're not something the government's going to solve. The only way the government solves problems is basically by, by not doing anything. The government causes every major problem that we have in the U.S., and the meta problem is we can't talk about it because the, the media are basically part of that government. Thank God for the internet, or we wouldn't know we wouldn't be doing this show. We wouldn't know each other. We'd be grumbling and reading, you know, badly mimeographed newsletters if it were not for the internet. Keeping the internet open is the most important political task we have right now because it allows us to get in position to reclaim our countries. Yeah, and just educate people to to all the things that they know, but just ain't so. Which is if they anything you take in from the from the mass media fits that description, it ain't what you know <laughs> the problem. It's what you know that just ain't so. And I've seen that attributed to a number of different writers. It's either Mark Twain or uh, fin Peter Finley Dunn who said it originally. It ain't what you know. It's what you know that just ain't so. And the Holocaust is a prime example of something you know is true. You know. Oh, is true, but isn't in fact true. In fact, is a big lie. Yeah. Well, uh, we're through the topics. Closing statements, uh, Alex James. Good to be doing Goyfire again. Uh, there's a little interest expressed today, and in maybe doing a, another VNN paper. So I don't know if, if that may be in the works. 
I gave my approval of it, and I was the one standing in the way of it before. I think if we do maybe a little six-page paper, it might be worth it focusing on black crime in light of these recent shootings that we discussed today in Kirkwood, Missouri, and in uh, up in Chicago. So we, we may head in that direction. Um, hope we can do some more Goy Fire soon. Uh, we're doing Free Talk Live several nights a week, at least two, three nights a week. And uh, I'm going to be doing some more Radio Estina myself when I have material prepared to, to do, which I, I don't quite yet. But uh, uh, encourage people to join VNN Forum. Uh, see the videos on podblank.com. Um, learn about your history, your heritage, your roots, and understand the world you live in. Listen to Goyfire. Go to all of our white media. And for the first time, read something that was put together without Jews and, and between you and which, you know, there is no Jew between me and you, as one of our guys says. There is no Jew you between you listening to this and us speaking uh, as Goyfire and every other media that you read or, or hear today, that will not be the case. There will be a Jewish editor standing between you and the truth. And that, that editor will make sure that you only hear that the shooter is a black man in the very last sentence. And he'll make sure that you don't see even see a sketch of that man, that you hear more about his clothes than who he is. Is that the kind of world you want to live in? He had on four oh, green thanks. beads, Alex. Four green beads in one of his braids that came over his hair. It sounds like some sort of nursery rhyme. Yeah. That's, that's detailed. <laughs> yeah. The minutia. See, that, that brings me back to the Holocaust because it, it was that famous Holocaust scholar who said he didn't want to talk about the big things, he wanted to talk about the little things. <laughs> the minutia of the Holocaust. The personal stories that add up to six million, give or take a couple of million. Yeah. And what what is this, Goyfire 54? Hilbert. <coughs> Hilbert. Yeah, Goyfire 54. F- 54, okay. What are we in? We're in February 2008, so I guess we're in our third year of doing this. Yeah. I can't remember when we started to tell you the truth. <laughs> I think April of 2005, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so time time goes by very quickly. Yeah. Well, you know, we have made a quite a bit of difference. I don't mind to say, I, I really think when I say we, I mean all white nationalists all across the Internet and the world because uh, we're really bent in some minds. And again, I emphasize, I, I don't mean us only, but all the people who are doing this, all white people in the world, you know, people like Saga, the singer in Sweden, and uh, all the political groups in England and Germany and Switzerland, and even Ron Pollard's did a lot. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the, the stage hands revolting. <laughs> I like that. I'd like to say that I, this is what we need to do. You know, in, the, in these countries, as I've said, even during this Goy fire, I have found out that they have extreme nationalism. And while they do relate to the white situation worldwide, especially when you talk about them just a little, and they certainly don't want niggers in our country, or Turks or Mexicans or anything else. The, the problem is, is we don't have a global consciousness. And in America, in our country, if, if I may address Americans, we think that, uh, well, some of us are still getting out of this American mindset, which really doesn't exist. But when you're morphing from the American mindset to become uh, pro-white and only pro-white, uh, then you find yourself in the position, well, all my neighbors and I have some okay black friends and I work with all these people, what am I going to do? Well, that is a problem. So I suppose you have to get to the point where you're willing, first of all, to think about it, to speak about it with your intimates, and then to... Uh, make that more a widely cast uh, you know range of people and to i suppose at some point you have to change your economic situation and where you're going to live because if it collapses as peter schiff i believe said that uh, that condo in vancouver is going to look more and more better to you you know a little small condo because whites on a worldwide level with the internet as alex was saying we really have to just begin to think we're uh, under an onslaught in this world and in history and world history numerically 
If there are 8 billion people, and I think the United Nations says at the end of this century we're only going to be 2% of the planet we're projected to be, because the birth rates in no country are even at replacement levels. So uh, 2%, if there are 8 billion people in the world, then that's what, 160, 180 million people, something in there. 160, I guess. Imagine that, 160 white people in the world. If you think that now you're set up on, you know, polemically and politically and uh, harangued and uh, harassed by media and Jews, wait till you get down to that number. And I can just picture that. There'd be rich Saudis and everywhere, you name it, Jews flying in to get one of the last Aryan women to breed with. I mean, it's like a science mm -hmm. fiction scenario, but it's really happening. And you're really doing nothing. It's really happening. You're really doing nothing. Think about that. That's all. Yeah, and uh, I, I think there's uh, opportunities to get involved. Uh, I think Ron Paul, the Ron Paul phenomenon was a part of that. And it did show to a certain extent of what whites can do uh, financially and, and whatnot when, when they decide to get involved. But this fight isn't over with Ron Paul. Ron Paul is going to be a footnote in history. The real fight is the fight of whites against Jews. So it's the white nationalist fight, and that's a fight you don't give up on after Super Tuesday. It's ongoing. It's generational. And uh, this is the fight you need to be in and to support and start donating and getting involved. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Until next time, America, this is Ages with you. Best of your Get black back!